0: You're listening to the World Football Programme with all the latest updates from both local and international football. Wa, This is the World Football Programme, my name is Sean Kelly and I'll be with you for the next two hours until the jazz show with Lenny comes along. Thank you to Frank and Jerry for another wonderful Celtic ramblings and great to meet a fellow Mayo man and a wonderful book that connects you back to your home and and people is always a good thing. So plenty of warm memories there. Um, Joining us in the studio today is TC, Tony Campbell. Tony, good morning. Good morning. How are you? Good, mate. Um, sleepless nights and early mornings. Early
1: mornings Melly. Not uh, not too many. Uh, not too keen on the three o'clock games, but um, yeah, the getting up early and uh, getting those mini matches in. Yep. And the highlight packages
0: and so on. It's uh, it's been pretty good. Well, I thought it was going to be tough getting into it. I didn't really feel it was a world cuppy sort of area, but now loving it. Ah, oh, look,
1: uh, you know, yeah, I think pretty much the same. I'm always going to get into the World Cup, you know. I just remember it as a kid, um, and this one did have a different feel to it. But uh, yeah, look, I think um, you know, you had the few first round shocks, and then the second round, which was a bit stale. But these uh, these third third the third games in the group have been absolutely. Yeah, thrilling to
0: watch. Oh, I think if the um, if one thing comes out of this World Cup, it will be the unexpected. There's so many unexpected results, so many minnows getting through. Uh, in Australia now the lowest-ranked team into the last 16. Um, who would who would have thanked it? I mean, two months ago, everyone was calling for Arnold's head and saying we need to change the coach before the World Cup. Um, even after the French game, the the Melbourne media had certainly written us they destroyed off. Destroyed them, didn't they? So oh, absolutely. Well, enjoying. so so much so they've withdrawn the article now because it's just so damning. But um, look, there he is. Oh, it, I
2: mean,
1: this <clears throat> Australia team, I mean, look, without being too harsh, but you, you, player for player, it's probably it's it's probably the worst World Cup team we've taken away in terms of, if you look at the superstars. Oh, and it's that, no, it's no golden generation. No, not at all. Um, and But... Yeah, it highlights it just it, it comes down to the team you know if you get that team right you get that mentality right and everyone talks about mm. the attacking Yeah, we we don't look as great in attack as our previous generations but you can't there's two parts of the game absolutely and defending is a
0: huge part oh look I mean,
1: and you be able to do it stand up harry sutar our, own, mean, our wow. own our own slab head basically yeah. our own harry hat slab
0: head you know it's an absolutely <laughs> extraordinary hasn't he ever alright so in the show today we're going to start off with uh, Donna Goufray from DT38 been trying to get hold of Donna for a while Um <clears throat> but you know they do fantastic work out there in the community. So we'll talk to Donna about uh, what's coming up in the DT38 stratosphere. Um, then we're going to talk to you about youth development. There's a lot of commentary from Graham Arnold in particular, but also Mark Schwarzer. And if I remember rightly, there was another article back in 2017-18 by Craig Foster, all of a very similar thing. Um, obviously, everyone knows the system's broke, but we have got to do something... It's just what we do is the important part. I think we've talked about it a couple of times as yeah, well. Yeah, so absolutely. It's not a new thing, this. No, no. But we're going to keep talking. Oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Um, and then Ben Smith joins us. He's going to be talking about the World Cup, doing a World Cup wrap, and we're talking about the disappointments and the surprises. And then we're going to finish off the last half hour with Tony Sage from Perth Glory, and we'll be talking to, to Tony about the the setup at Macedonia Park and um, just what he's going through at the moment. So I think it's it's good all round. Um you know, is a a home game which we we need to have. I think the small Bijou Stadium, if we can fill it, will be um, immense. Well,
1: I think we've uh, I think we discussed it uh, in the last show about just having those boutique stadiums. Sometimes that having yep. a twenty thousand seated isn't necessarily, you know, the, the best thing. And if, if you can get, obviously, it is very small. But um, you know, if the if the future can be towards that 13,000 stadium and you fill it. That can be a bigger well, factor. Well,
0: yeah, look, and we'll talk further to Tony about that because I think, you know, you look at it, there's another story in the paper today about the AFL and their first round um, at Optus being delayed because Ben Sheeran's got a concert there. And, you know, these venues got to work out, are you a sporting mm. complex or are you a, a, an arena for, for music oh. and festivals? And I think, you know, as the primary tenants, both Western Force and Perth Glory have been treated very poorly by uh, venues West and you know, look, I've I've managed a couple of building projects in my time in facilities that have to run twenty four seven, and there must have been a way you could have scheduled all that work to be done outside of the game times, and the fact that they want to leave up the the scaffolding for a concert for a couple of weeks, so they get the next concert in and then say to their major tenants, "Ah, we can't facilitate you. It's a total disrespect to the game and everybody else. And I think, you know, if I was uh, Tony and um, Twiggy, I'd be putting their heads together and going to the the government and see if we get a parcel of land somewhere, you know, maybe up in the Ellenbrook development where they're building the um, the, the movie theatre thing, Mm, And, and just go, look, we'll build something there that we'll run. I mean,
1: it's well. Why not? Why not look at some of the the grounds that we already have? Um, I mean, look, we, we do, that's what we did with the original. Oh, you know, yeah, I don't agree, but well. I think
0: when you look at it, the ideally, if the the football and the rugby who use a rectangular pitch can work out a deal between them where they own and run their own facility, mm. ah. then it'd be used. We'd glory. It'd be used twelve months of the year because you've got the MPL and the both the A League and the W League sides playing. It'd be fantastic.
1: I look whether it's a brand new sort of area, new stadium, or whether we, we look at what we have mm. and maybe try and, you know, build something well, like Macedonia. In a, in
0: a couple of weeks, there may well be a, a stadium built out of 934 containers that would be easy enough to put in a boat and take over. <laughs> Well, <laughs> that's true. As well. It's not going to get used in Qatar, is it? <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. It'd be
1: interesting. Yeah, well, you know exactly. We've got uh, how many nice stadiums over there? How many do they, do they actually need? In, in a couple of weeks'
0: time, so that's, um, that's an option. Wasn't it? In other news, and connected to local football, um, Lee Griffiths, ex-Celtic player, has been arrested by the police. Uh, they an article on that. A probe into gambling in sport. So I don't know if it would involve the state league. I don't think the money would be that big, but who knows? Um, but yeah, just interesting. I think he was also one of the ones that was on the glory radar at one point, but I think that's gone. Well, I think um, a lot
1: of people have made a bit of money on the old... Uh, I remember a few years ago when Ashfield were um, were paying favourites in the first league of the season, but having forgot that they lost pretty much most of their team and players because yeah. the same second they'd left, I think, to go to Swan or yeah. Alcada, I think. And oh, uh, and the and the opposition were paying like five dollars because they mm. came bottom. Yeah, <laughs> one and a few. A lot of people, you know, knowing that. Well, I, I can uh, see how much I've won, I've
0: won gambling on football. Nothing because I don't gamble. Um, now the World Cup, obviously Cameroon beating Brazil last night, just outstanding. Um, and Ghana missed Mister Penalty against Uruguay again. Yeah, Uruguay won two nil, but still are out of the tournament. It's just. Yeah,
1: it's it, it's 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 like I said. These these last these last round games have, have have thrown up everything. I mean, the biggest one to me was Japan. You know, I was talking to my yeah. friend, and we it was it was we were just talking. Japan stu- stuffed it against Costa Rica. How you know they had yeah. the game in their hands, they should have taken it, and it was they're not going to beat Spain.
0: No, and, and then they go and beat Spain,
1: and then they do it. Yeah, and I know, and I think there was one point where Spain were, for about a minute where could have been technically out. Yes, and um, yeah, no. Brilliant! Yeah, it, yeah look. South Korea beating Portugal. Again, did not <laughs> did not see that whatsoever. Didn't even consider no. them to be one of the teams to go through in that. And, that's,
0: that's and, and Morocco right. topping their group, the first African nations to do yep. so in 24 years. I mean, that's just again phenomenal. Um,
1: ah, look, it's it's uh, yeah. Look, the results of I think like I said. It, at the start, you're just thinking, yeah, okay, you had this Saudi Arabia, Argentina yep. result, but, um, you know, the likes of Germany being knocked out, Belgium being knocked out, golden generation gone there. That's them done. That's yeah, them being a force for, at least for maybe another generation in yep.
0: the future, but n- not for the next couple of uh, tournaments. And then, obviously, Australia against Denmark. What a game that was. And what a, what a game. Um, uh, Leckie, normally right footed player, left foot straight in the, in the goal. And um you know, some some mad defending, some really Aussie stuff again. Once again we've picked up a piece of paper with tactics on it and, <laughs> yeah. and we've gone, Oh, let's make a sub. Let's make a
1: sub and let's change the formation to match yeah. them. And uh, look it's it, whether that worked or didn't work, but you
0: you know, you've got to claim it. It, it. You're claiming or not. And now we've we've lined up a match against the goat and ten other geezers. Well, I still, I still, have my doubts about
1: his goatness, but um, he is a very, very, very good player. But um, yeah, that would look. The beauty is, is there was no expectation now. Like I said, there was it, it, for this team to
0: one, two, overachieved. Overachieved. I think that's yeah. an understatement. I think really. I mean, I mean, if it, you talk about the golden generation, this is this is the bronze or maybe even you know also ran generation. Oh, there, yeah. there's, there's no real stars in there. There's no Harry Kills, no Cahills, no. no I mean, you've got you know, a, a team full of A-League players and, yeah. and Scottish Premier
1: League players, yeah. and, and not all of them playing for Celtic or, or, or Rangers either. No. And and for them to win two games, that's, a, you know, two games. That's and phenomenal. Two, two clean sheets as yeah. well? two clean sheets, um, yes. And I was just, I mean, that last ten minutes when Denmark were just throwing the ball. And but, I mean, like I said, defending is part of the game, and you've got to do it, but you, you can't defend against some, a special goal and and when you're defending that, yeah, when, is...
0: when you've got Harry the wall suitor ah.
1: you know I mean that, that tackle against the, well, he, he, almost, he almost had a little minor one as well in, in the last couple of minutes when he came yeah. flying when he was in the box and blocked it I mean they still got a shot but it did enough to put absolutely put it a bit wider yeah um, but that, yeah that tackle um, yeah that was
0: alright I'm going to go to a break we'll be back after these At with Donna Goofray from DT38 back in a moment oh
3: don't relax I
0: Oswest Fencing and Rot is a fourth generation family business.
4: Bring us about your custom gate and fence projects. We can manufacture, install or automate your gates, offer electronic security or simply just provide sound advice.
0: Let our family look after your family. Oswest Fencing and Raw Time. Call us on
4: 9258-6822. Station sponsor.
0: Down,
3: I believe he's gonna work me into the ground. I pull to the left, I heave to the right.
0: You're listening to Community Radio, powered by passionate football volunteers, just like myself. You can appreciate the entertainment by becoming a station member. Hi, I'm Phil Kelly, chair of the Football West Men's State League Standing Committee. Listen in next for Western Australian Local Football News.
5: The top station on your radio dial, Radio
2: Fremantle
0: 107.9 FM. All right, we're back in the room, and joining us now is Donna Gouffray, who is the lady in charge of DT38. Good morning, Donna. How are you?
4: Good morning, uh, gents. I just have to apologize in advance. I have my two-year-old with me because my husband's at soccer trials at Sterling, so you might hear a mummy no in the background every now and
0: then. Soccer trials? Why? was he done?
4: Oh, you know, he's coaching. That's a terrible,
0: terrible, terrible joke. There's no evidence. (laughs) No one saw a thing. (laughs) (laughs) All right. DT38, been a while since we've spoken. There's obviously lots going on in that area. So what's the latest? Oh, we've got the amazing founder, Tracy, joining us next week from the UK, which is awesome
4: because we very rarely have her here. So the... Plenty of collaborating and lots of meetings and events being planned for next year. Um, we originally had our Ballsy Blokes event booked for December this year, but it's just didn't aligned with our golf day and a few other events we wanted it to align with. So we've had to push that for the new year. Uh, but it worked out better because a lot of the lads that we would love to be represented through the media are over in Qatar anyway. So it kind of worked in our favour to push it. Um, a few more months down the track so we've got a few big things coming up our annual golf day next year uh we're just about to cement a date for that in the location and then um push forward with the ballsy blokes which is going to be a huge event um we've secured our two hosts for the evening and then hopefully um quite a few of the media personalities that we we wanted to be present will be able to be there next year
0: yeah, it uh, sounds fantastic. Now, with the glory playing out of Stirling, Macedonia, is there anything special um, planned? Because obviously, that was uh, Dylan's first club.
4: Yeah, look, it's um, it's huge for the community. I think I, um, I've mentioned that before. I, I love that, and I love that it's come. You know, football is being played um, at at a home. Um, as such, and you know Dylan's memory there and the way that Sterling um, honors him is something remarkable and and the glory now. So it's fantastic to see the two clubs um come together in that department. We're just waiting for the dust to settle a bit wait for next week's home game to happen there, and then we'll obviously um tee up with the team there uh, with the whole new crew there and just align properly and get the um the game sorted uh, for the annual um dt thirty eight game.
0: Yeah, absolutely. No, I think the the D T thirty eight game this year will have uh, a special feel to it being at Sterling.
4: Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It'll give that a bit more of a family, a bit more um as you said, special, but it's just it just shines light on another way because of what Sterling have done up until now, even to honour his um his memory. So it's gonna add that extra that extra sunshine um onto the match for when it happens.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think it will. Um you're still doing a lot of work out there in the community, so they're, they're still running clinics yes. and um, obviously the, the, uh, the campaigns for, for checking out your twins?
4: Yeah, look, you know, um, we had our free scan. We'll, we'll have another one um, next year as well. And, you know, obviously if – I say this every time. If something is wrong or you don't feel right and you want to reach out to one of us, you can just shoot us a message either through our website, which is getting a good revamp at the moment. We're just merging. Our two sites together, um, and then, you know, we can lead you in the right path to get you the help that you need, whether it's a scan or a GP referral or whatever it is, you know, we've got resources at our fingertips to assist. So, um, as always, just because we're not having a free scan in this half of the year, that doesn't mean we're not doing anything behind the scenes or not doing anything within the community. So if something doesn't feel right, just yeah, speak up, send us a, send us an email, give us a call, pick up the phone, send me a text and, um, we'll definitely help you get you to the, through the right path that you need
0: to get to absolutely it's a very real thing um a guy i was working with recently he um had an issue went to his his doctor he wasn't ashamed to to go there and go look i think i've got something wrong and the doctor went yes you have and you know he's had a small procedure and um out the other side of it bright and sunny and and fixed so you know it's it's Curable. You just got to be able to, to, you know, get over yourself and get out there and talk I to your dog. I think
1: we got to, you know, we we often when we look at it, we, we we look at sort of the seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty olds where it seems to be quite, you know, yep. not common, but it happens a little bit more. But we, we don't, we seem to forget that it does happen to older, older men as well. Yes, it's not just. Yeah. A, Sort of a younger teenage early twenties type thing. That's you got to keep checking.
0: Absolutely, you do. And you know, I think it's. uh, I saw a thing the other day. I think they're running an advert on the paper or or on the TV at the moment about sun exposure. That you know, men are twice as likely to die of um, melanomas because obviously we spend a lot of time out in the sun without hats or sunscreen. And this is just another thing that we have to be checking on.
1: Absolutely, don't it? it, Absolutely. So we, you know, has has uh, obviously there has been that an increase in sort of that awareness is it is it really sort of got the, is the message really getting through like um, our men uh, we, we're not it's historically yes. we're not the you know the we're not bright we're not bright and we uh, <laughs> we like to just soldier on and think you know um it'll all be all right tough, and it s- out, yeah. tough it out it'll you know is, is it really is that message really getting getting across
4: look yeah 100% we have so many people speak up so many um people that know someone that's going through it and they say thank you to us because they wouldn't have known what to do or how to check it Um, because, you know, we've got those resources on our sites and on our socials and everywhere to show you what to look for. And, you know, it's just a simple check in the shower or at home or when you're getting changed. So it's, um, it's a long road ahead. I say this all the time, even whether it's particular cancer, cancer, mental health, anything for men in general, it's always been hard to speak about it. But I think we've um, finally, we're breaking through that barrier and, Everyone is more engaging, more able to speak about it. I um was recently was speaking um and and seeing the um Ferling awards night and I had parents come up to me and say thank you because they never would have thought about it. So and their kids were thanking me. Yeah, so, absolutely. you know, it was great it was great that I was able to reach a different demographic. You know, I did the juniors and the senior one, um, over the two weekends and a lot of the men said, oh, we would never have done that. How, like, why? What, what, you know, what do we check for? And they just came up to me and spoke to me about it, which is remarkable because if you spoke to me three years ago, no one would have done that.
0: No, exactly. I think that's that's the whole point. Uh, conversations like this out in the open, um, no secrets, no no shame. And I think, you know, uh, even if you go and there's nothing wrong, I'd rather be told there was nothing wrong by my doctor than being told there is something wrong and you should have seen me, you know, three months ago. So it would be a little bit of a hypochondriac than not. That's <laughs> how so I look at it that
2: time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not been a hypochondriac.
0: Yeah. It's just, you know, getting over that, um, being weak, if you like, you know, um, or being embarrassed about talking about… Yes. Yeah. Do we think? I think
4: it's more about being embarrassed and um, that stigma associated around it. Oh, we're strong. We're, we don't need to do this. And, and you know, it, it happens with females as well. Like, you know, a lot of them that are in high positions of, um, within companies and all of that and something happens to them and they think that, oh, I'm, I'm well. I can't say this. They're going to think I'm weak. I'm, you know, I'm embarrassed to go to the doctor to do this. So it happens on both parts. Not just oh men, yeah, but, but I think in, associated. With in it. in so, general, yeah. though,
0: women tend to be more open with their doctors. Oh yeah, I 100%. mean, an, anyone that's had a child knows you, as soon as you're pregnant, leave your dignity at the door. Um, you, yeah. know, you go through some horrendous <laughs> stuff. Um, but that's you know part and parcel of it for men. It's just always been one of those things that we're very shy about. I know um, you know when I I went to my female doctor a while back with a similar sort of issue, and I was going oh I went nah. damn it, she's the doctor she's seen it all yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. So,
1: <laughs> just with the uh, you know because obviously um, you know going to the glory and so and so forth and, and knowing about um you know the foundation and, and what it's about and and the and the events that you hold and the screenings etc you know how effective are we getting sort of into the, sort of those you sort of uh, as i said the the because it's really about the getting to get into 16 17 18 19 20 i mean i know yeah. i yeah. my co- a cousin in england two, two of his uh, friends both brothers um both got it and it wasn't it wasn't a genetic thing it just no. was just one of those freak things yeah. Wow. Yeah. And um, they both got it. And Look, you know, they they had to have both had to have one removed, but they um, both survived, both healthy, all good. But it was, um, the, but the second one only went because what happened to the first one? Yeah, you know, and he just didn't didn't think, didn't realize. And then when his he went and he's going, oh, yeah, actually. <laughs> i've actually got a bit of a lump there and he's yeah. went it was, it was within a few months of each other yeah um but how good are we at wow. getting that message to those because teenage boys if you can get yeah. also if you can get good habits good that knowledge in there and that confidence to go yeah. to a doctor if you can get that at the younger age at the you know the teenage late teenage year groups how how good are we getting that message to them you know because that's obviously an area yeah. that's an age group that hits quite hard yeah look we're
4: trying what we're trying to do now is and um once Tracy gets here, it's going to be fantastic because we're actually being one space opposed to the time difference and all of that. But we're trying to implement what we want to implement is what is been implemented over in the UK. You know, West Ham have the Centre of Excellence in Dylan's Day. Kids, youth are getting educated throughout that, um, schools are implementing it in their programs. What we need to do now is replicate what's the success that's over there and what's happening there and the message that's being pushed across there and push it across here because at the moment, our resources are football, which is fantastic. However, um, you know, cancer doesn't discriminate whether you're playing football or you're, you know, just chilling out at home. It, you know, it's neither here or there. So you're 100% correct. It's that demographic that we really need to um, tap into. And we are slowly because clubs across WA and Australia are speaking about it and we're educating them. Uh, schools contact us, um, you know, throughout the year and we send them our message and our screening um, you know, slideshow and whatnot so they can present it to their health class and you know, speak to the young gents and whatnot. So, our aim is to be in every school um, program, speaking to them about the health and the concerns about it, to both the young men and female, because you know a female has a brother, an uncle, sister, or a cousin or a friend, so they need to be just as educated about what could happen. Um, so that is the aim. That's our end goal—to be in every school in not just WA but Australia. Yeah. So that's the aim, and we're we're slowly getting there. But obviously, resources and time—and
1: it's not a quick um, job. It's not a know. quick job.
4: Well, no, and everyone wants a government grant for something, and and no disrespect to a lot of people, but a lot of people are starting different charities for a million and one things. So it's like, why are you so different to everybody else? So it, the I always, message needs to be. Yeah.
1: I was just going to say oh cuz because I I'm, I'm a, I teach health as well and sort of we do lifestyle oh, right. diseases and cancer and so forth and you know we all when you look at a lot of cancers and and so and things like that there's a lot of the signs and symptoms can be very vague and so on but oh, yeah. there's there's two breast cancer and testicular cancer and so on that you can actually have a very good chance of finding it yourself Yep. very very good chance and 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 to have that awareness because you we we can see with breast cancer that's that's huge that that message is really out there yes um and this one has been growing and growing and growing and i think i said it's a perfect opportunity to go go, look these these this type of stuff may not affect you till you're like 30s 40s and it'd be very hard to see but this
0: but the but the thing is like the mammogram was invented by a man who never thought he was going to have that done to himself Okay.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a good
4: point. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, no, I, I, totally, I totally agree with you. And, um, you know, it can happen to all ages. Uh, there was a nine-month-old diagnosis of testicular cancer, um, which is mind-boggling. It to seems me. crazy. Like, yeah. You know, I couldn't believe it. And then on the other end of the scale, you know, people in their 50s and 60s, when they say that that's not the age group to get it. So, again, uh, I mean, it's not as common to get it. On those end of the Sixth, but however, it's happened. So therefore, there's a likelihood that it could happen. So we need to remove what you're told about how old you would be, and you know how you know the particular age group that it targets. Yep. It, it can happen to anyone and everyone. So treat it that way. Absolutely. So if something doesn't feel right, and if the doctor says go away, it's nothing, and you still feel something, you go and check again because, and that's how Dylan's story continues to live on. It. Yep. Let's not let let's not be misdiagnosed because. You're told it's nothing. If in doubt, because check it out. Something. Yeah. yeah, 100%.
0: Yeah. Yeah, look, and I know because, look, my mother um, did get cancer and she was told for three years by a doctor that she was a hypochondriac, but she wouldn't stop knocking on the door and going, no, there's something wrong. So, you know, that's what has to happen and, and people have to do that. And, um, you know, no one knows your body better than yourself, but you know, it's Absolutely. the same old thing. Yep. If in doubt, get it checked out. All right. Um, how's your World Cup been going?
4: Oh, God, tell me you've all been watching the beautiful displays before. Well, the by, by the
0: bleary <laughs> eyes on Tony and myself, yes, we have.
4: <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you know, it's amazing. Um, you know, there's, I've got quite a few friends that are playing, uh, which is it's just, to me, I see them and I'm just, you know, it gives me the chills. I get so excited for them. And one of them is Mitch Duke. I've known yep. him for many, many years and um good friend of mine and, I absolutely love and adore him, and I just think to myself, you know, people were so harsh on him, and even when he got named in the soccer roof, I was like, why, why, why? And I was getting messages, and he was, and it was just, he was crazy, and just to see just the switch in people's mindset, and, you know, I've got people that work with me, and they're like, why are you getting up? Like, why don't you just watch the (laughs) replay? I'm like, are you people mad? It's the World Cup. Like, would you, like, you know, yeah, great. <laughs> like, um, and now yeah, they get it. Yeah, and how long, so, be, yeah.
0: how long before Harry Sutars a ambassador for DT38? Oh,
4: well, you know, he won the Young Player of the uh, you know, Year last year yep. for it. So um, I'll be getting him on board as soon as uh, all those EPL phone calls, um, he takes them. I believe it's quite a few. <laughs> There's quite a on few. Door, so I'll him, yeah, yep. I'll, I'll let that happen first and then I'll get him on board. Um, but like, what a beast he's been um, for the game and... For the Scoppers, and you know, there's so many out there that are just oh, look, just been remarkable. And, 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 um, and it's,
0: Matthew Lecky, obviously, been been a victory oh. man, you know.
4: Oh look, you know, Matt is great, um, and uh, he's just a solid Matt. He's a city player, by the way, not victory, just a player. Oh, that's right,
1: yeah. <laughs> that <Sorry>. is sacrilege.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, you
1: know,
2: <laughs> I
4: mean, I mean, just over the over the dollar ball, and. But he's but he's amazing, and um, you know scores a, scores a goal. And yeah. I remember seeing him, you know in 2015 after the um, Asian Cup grand final, and uh, you know everyone was celebrating, and they, the the, the Socceroos had won, and. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's just amazing to see that goal. I think it's the best goal I've ever seen by a soccer And I'm probably being biased <laughs> now, but um, you know, yeah, oh, no, no, yeah. look, it, it's, it's, it, it wasn't, wasn't the actual,
0: wasn't the actual finish. It was is what it meant for the game. I think really, yeah,
4: that's what I mean. And yeah, the situation yeah, like, and, this, yeah. and,
0: and everything um, that went around that goal.
4: And you know, look, I was around for the golden generation, and uh, I've kept saying this. I'm, I'm sick of hearing about it now because I'm going to myself. These guys have achieved so much more. Oh, you look, know, the, the bronze generation
0: life. have achieved more.
4: Who, this generation or the, the golden generation? No, the, the, the
0: bronze generation.
4: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're <Totally>. not gold. <laughs> it's funny. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, like it's just it's just remarkable. And, you know, tonight's another big one, uh, or this morning will be another big one for, for everyone. And whether we can do the unthinkable, we can. I mean, there's only one Messi on that squad, so I know everyone's talking about it and whatever. I'm like, just score a goal and park the bus. I don't care what you have to do just do it. Um, so yeah, it's been amazing and I think we can all just be very proud of them and have great oh, Absolutely we can. And, and just turn those numbers into A-League supporters is what I say to everyone. Like, there's, The numbers are there, let's turn and support the team. And that's something that we, we
0: need to try and do. I mean look, the, the problem we have in this country is that we've got lots of children playing but their parents support other codes, rugby and AFL. Yes. Um, but we've got to convert that. You look at the the figures for the Australia game, 1.7 million people watching it. We don't get 1.7 million to the A-League games and and that's really what we've got to capitalise on. Well,
1: this should should be a big highlight because like I said, there's a lot of A-League players in there. Yeah. You know, and I think one of the biggest problems is we have a lot of other codes and sports and, and especially journalists who, who bring down our game a fair bit. And yeah. we're just, we do it 100%. to ourselves. We do it to
0: ourselves. It's, it's actually better than we think. Cause I mean, obviously there's, there's guys <laughs> in that Denmark side that play for some of the best teams in Europe. And you know, <laughs> yeah, well, what, well, that, they were 10th, ranked 10th in
1: the world yeah. think Denmark, I believe. So, yeah. You know. Oh no, yeah. look, it's, it's yeah, interesting. It's,
4: it's remarkable, yeah. but yeah, it's, um, it's great to see. And as I said, as you just said, um, Sentiments that, you know, we've we've got to turn them into football fans. Um, they're there, they can be there, you know. Whether it's we give initiatives, I don't know. Like it, something needs to be done yep. um, to convert them to start. You know, either you know we're the number one play sport in Australia, so it has something has to change for them to start supporting the you know the A League. So yeah, definitely. Hopefully this changes the narrative.
0: (laughs) All right, one of our our listeners, Peter Wright, has posed a couple of questions for for my guests today. So uh, we'll we'll throw them at you with no with no prior knowledge of what they are. So what are the two A League teams that Matthew Lecky has played for?
4: Matthew Lecky has played for so he's obviously playing for City and Mm. then Oh good God, he's played for
0: someone else, has he? Yeah. Um, yeah before he went to Germany
4: Okay, leave it. Don't, don't. Um, Matthew, right. Matthew, who has to be played for? I for? Oh, my God. That's a good question. Yeah. Um, Melbourne City. And has he played for some? I don't think he has, has he? Oh, Adelaide. Yeah. Of course. Cool. So yeah, you
0: knew it. You knew it all along. <laughs> and, oh. only, and the second question is only two players in A-League men's history have scored five in a single match. Who are they?
4: A-League players have only scored five in a single match. Yeah, there's only um, two. Can, include, can they include grand finals?
0: Include anything.
4: Okay, so I'm assuming, well, Archie Thompson's one of them because he scored five. Absolutely. Um, who scored five? Who hasn't scored five? It was, in, um, it was in April
0: last year. You should remember it.
4: April. He scored five goals April last year. Yeah. Oh, sorry.
0: Um, it, w- it was against victory.
4: Oh, good God! Um, <laughs> <laughs> Wipe that Wait, one from the memory. Um, <laughs> who, did we play? Mel- we played Melbourne City, right? It was yeah. Melbourne City that
0: we lost. Ridiculous. It was a car?: race?
4: Yeah, it was. Oh, There we go.
0: Yeah, oh, we a, <laughs> a couple of, of points in the I right direction. Like, no, As Tony I'm- said, I think you wiped that right, one boy? from the memory bank.
4: Yeah, I was like, "Why? Why are you bringing this up?" I just started was a bit clammy. I'm like, "Who scored five against us?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah, let's not talk about that, guys. Let's not
0: talk about. Oh uh, well, look, you know, I, you know, I always like to rub it in with with you and the and the the uh, sorry the Perth Glory B team. Yeah, um,
4: <laughs> yes, 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 yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and um, obviously, now with the A League starting next week, getting excited again. Oh, so excited! You
4: know, I was like at, at one point I've always been a. Um, before this World Cup, I was like, "Why do you know we need to have an international break. It needs to happen, blah, blah, blah. And then this year, I'm like, why did we do it? There's only like seven players and they're not all from the same squad. You know, back yeah. in the day, they all come from Sydney or victory or whatever and we lose half the team. But this year, it hasn't happened. So I was like, I don't think we actually needed the break, but it was good because it's given us time to just reassess ourselves, obviously. Um, With the far post, we're just constant. Um, more so Blaine. I mean, like he's all over it. It's fantastic uh, yeah. with Neil as well. So it's really good. Um, you know, we're just growing dramatically with that. And it's, um, it's so exciting to have the lads back next week. I want to watched the W league last week, um, and at Snacko Park. And it looks great, by the way. That's good. Can, yeah, definitely, it just looks so good. It's going to be real tight knit, which is what you love for football. You know, you get those 5,000 or 4,500 in there and it's just going to be absolutely pumping. So, Everyone get down there. It's a seven thirty PM game. There won't be sun in your eyes, all the bullshit excuses to give for gifts for oh, no. parts. like let's throw them out the window. <laughs> um, and, and just get down there. Like my boys are playing in, you know, the grass area there, sitting by the fence watching yeah. watching the women play. And it's just it was just a family it's what football is, right? Community and family and it's what this club needs again. Absolutely, um, and I think this is just going to reunite that um that fire and passion. So I'm super excited for it, and I can't wait to just to see the lads back out there again.
0: No worries, Donna. Thank you uh, for being thank on you this point, so and thank you for what you do with DT38, and, no and just being a fan of the game.
4: No, thank you, guys, and have a good weekend, and go to Socceroos.
0: Go to absolutely. Socceroos, absolutely. See you later. Donna Goufray of DT38. Ran a little bit over, but that's worth it, I think. That's good to
1: hear. It's just, uh, I, I like to listen to someone who's got passion, but the right type of passion, just joyful yeah. passion for the game.
0: I know, look, um, she and the rest of the the Far Post crew, all absolute fans of the game. Um, <clears throat> now, spoke to you during the week about the Graham Arnold commentary about the um, calls for an in-depth review of the player pathway. Um don't think
1: we need it anymore. We're in the, we're in the last sixteen. Yeah, he's <laughs> obviously
0: doing his job. No, but he's had he's had no. to work some magic, hasn't he? Obviously, oh,
1: look, yeah, he's been uh, digging
0: through people's birth certificates, and
1: you know, yeah. As I said to you, this, you know, f- you know, technically, I mean, if you actually look, some, t- you know, the way we some of the football we played, if you t- especially if you take Moy out of that team, there's a, uh, th- there's there's a lot of loose passes, a lot oh, of loose control yeah, at that yeah. level. Um, and look, don't get me wrong. Uh, absolutely amazing what they've done and um i hope hope it, it continues tomorrow morning um but you know as you said anyone going into this world cup it was you you you're looking up who 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 actually are some of these players hmm. you know it, it, it and if you're going back again to like say we call it that golden generation um that this this as I admittedly this this uh this team has done better than but you know, that, that that technical ability, that playing at that next highest level and so forth, there just doesn't seem to be those players coming through. No. And I think, Graeme, you know, Graeme Arnold, although he did, he did get caught out when he said, I think about, was it the Champions League game in 2018, yeah. where, you know, I didn't, so, you know, made sure I didn't pick too many young players because, so, you know, is he looking back and sort of realising that maybe that type of philosophy? But I suppose it comes
0: back to the, the whole thing about winning and losing. And, I uh, you know, you're either developing players and you accept that the losing is part of that cycle or you you're winning games and I think when you look at a league and obviously in the national squad winning games is important um, and I sent a thing to you during the week that's been doing the rounds on on Facebook of a ten-year a ten year old side where they're looking for an experienced yeah. defensive midfielder you know um, to me, that's just absolute craziness. And is, that is what's wrong with the game at the moment. It's,
1: it's, uh, look, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to go over the sort of stuff we've talked about before yeah. too much. I think we've sort of, I think, don't get me wrong, it has to keep coming up until yeah. the change is gets made. But, you know, I think looking, looking at what players are paying and looking at, look, I look to me, the A-League is purely about winning.
0: Yeah, that's has to be.
1: You know, yeah. I don't, Care about the, the you know when you talk about professional league, it's it's nothing to do with youth development. No, don't get me wrong. You want youth players coming through, and any good manager and good coach. But if I'm a coach and I want to wear play a bunch of 35 year olds, and that's going to win me the league, then go for it. And it's the same with our local, you know, um, state leagues, NPL and so forth. You know, we've got this player points system in. We've got this, and oh, with this encouraging young players coming forward. When I when I was first playing, I think I was 15, and I played Florida reserves, and I remember coming across a 30 year old big. I've just been brought on into reserves, my first reserve game, this big bulldog reserve player at, at um, Rockingham, back in old Reed Street Rockingham, yeah. you know, where yeah. no one liked going. And I remember my dad saying, you know, you should be whispering sweet nothings in his ear. So I got nice and close and a little, little, you know, not intentional, but, you know, a little sort of, uh, you know, he sort of studs on his ankle, yeah. a little bit, bit close. And um, he just turned to me in a scravelly voice and sort of said, um, is that the game you want to play, son? Game on. Now, you know, that did bring a little bit of wee out. Um, (laughs) But the point being is, playing against all the players is what brings it out. And I think my
0: my youngest played against men. As as a 15 year old, he was playing in the Albany Premier League, which was, you know, Mm. not the greatest league in the world. But for a 15 year old to be playing against those sorts of players who would chop you in half rather than proper tackling, um, you learnt a lot.
1: And it's also who you're playing with. I remember ah, there's a Jeff Faulkner, I think he used to play uh, Dianella I think he played in the NSL and so on. Great player. He was in his, he was 40 or so and still playing. Played he was, uh, at Dianella when I went there when I was a bit younger and and other players. And I remember um, ah who was the who was the English uh, John Peacock. John yep. Peacock. And he was. I mean, you played against him. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't care what he took, no. but I played my first first team game at Gosnells. I always seem to play my first senior games <laughs> in in fairly you know difficult ground yeah. and against difficult physical teams. And I was playing my first first team game at Dianella, and I think I was 16 or seventeen. And this is this is John Peacock, who, like I said, he would destroy strikers, yeah, destroy them. And he was the best thing for. I was nervous. Every single thing I did, any single thing, it was positive, positive, positive. Just if I made a mistake, he was, ah, oh, don't worry about it, Tom, get back on there, get on there, be right, be right. Just did a simple pass. That was brilliant, son, brilliant. And this is a guy that, like I said, was wasn't yeah. nasty with the way he played. But for me. But an on
0: field coach. On field
1: coach. Mm. I, it, look, there's no way I'd have a 22, 23 year old doing as well as, mm. you know, doing that. And he was sort of in his early 30s. Yeah. And I think. You know, when we're sort of saying, oh, they're too old and, and, and so forth, we're sort of pushing all these young players in, but
0: there's no Well, you've only mentoring. got to look at the, the NPL reserves, which is basically an under-24s comp, um, is, you know, lots of young kids playing against each other without that experience. So does it develop them? I don't think so. You're not as well um, as it can. Gra- Graham Arnold's argument was around funding for the national sides and the, the national youth youth teams. Um, Mark Schwartzer also had an article which was basically around the cost for grassroots football. And when you're looking at, you know, up to two and a half thousand dollars to play in an NPL setup, um, is that good value? Who knows? Is that worth the money? Who knows? Um, and if you've got more than one child wants to play, you know, it's out of the reach of most people. If, if, and I keep saying this, if, um, a Pelé or a Messi a Messi was born in Perth now they end up playing some other sport because it's it's out of reach for ordinary people, particularly at that top end yeah it's again with it's 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 just yeah no, I don't think i would be surprised if anyone else in the world charges this level well they don't and um, uh, and they uh, invest a lot of money Portugal invested a lot of money in training coaches um you look at China um they started a program. 10 years ago, they've got 27 million, um, active participants now at junior level playing through. They reckon it's going to take another 10 years for them to, to get to a point where they're competing on a world stage. But by then, they'll have 50 million players playing out of 50,000 venues with, with 50,000, um, pitches. You know, and we're not talking like, you know, Dianella, no, no disrespect to Dianella, but they're talking about proper football. Um, mm. Setups with a, a main pitch and training pitches and everything. You know they, they've invested an awful lot of money. The, the interesting thing,
1: though, you know, you got Graham Arnold and uh Swartz to sort of talk. I've, you know, what I've been over recent, I've seen. Yeah. I'd hate to see what they think about WA.
0: Yes,
1: because you know, to, one aspect over there in the east there are actually some really, 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 really you know really decent facilities Yeah, and, and, look, and, old, and, and they do have yeah. certain reasonable pathways that are getting opportunities there it I, I can't obviously speak too much about it but i have spoke to yeah. coaches from those areas and they're not happy with it there um but when you come over here it it there is it, yeah, there is no excuse for that level of um, cost there absolutely there there's there's no reason whatsoever that what players are paying Now it over east, you could still they don't have an argument for it, but they've got a better argument for it over here. Um, and here's here's the thing is that we talk about producing the next Ronaldo Messi. No, no, you're not going to produce the next Ronaldo Messi, the next Ronaldo Messi is about um, a whole host of factors. I'll sell for
0: the next Harry Kiel
1: you know what, I've had to settle for another whole heap of Harry suitors. Yeah, true. You know? Well, why does it have
0: to be... Well, because they were born in Scotland. <laughs> as as
1: <laughs> yeah, true. Okay. Um But, you know, but it, why does it have to... You know, we've had this view of we're going to produce this end, top end, and we don't have that environment here for that. And even even those places that did, that produced the Rinaldos, the Messis, and so forth, you know, it was more about coaches not stuffing them up and teams stuffing them up it was more about giving them opportunities to thrive you know I don't think there's any coach who can really say I did this to Messi there's a lot of coaches who can say I helped develop this I yeah. developed this in the lower level players Yeah, and and that's what we should be looking at is you know if, for, for us to be really punching above our weight and really getting up there you know we've got to look at the likes of um, you know what the Netherlands do I mean yeah. what's their population I mean oh yeah if, if 7, 8, 9 tiny population they are way above expectation you know for them to even get close to quarterfinals with the, their population well, look at Belgium well Belgium's another one mm. even you know and so we need to yeah really focus on that and, and look yes we do need government support but I still think our own game itself there's no point saying you know we need government support to help subsidise when it's really we're just gouging the kids anyway
0: well I think the, look the, the facilities are one are one area where we, we need to improve um, coaching is, is definitely the key mm-hmm. And the cost of, of getting those certificates is, is not cheap. You know, you've been through that yourself. Yeah. Um, and I don't think that it's unfair that someone with, who's gone out and paid out of their own pocket to get those coaching quals should not be remunerated for that. Mm. And I suppose there's some other aspects to that is that quite often you'll find someone who is a really, really good youth developer and and some of them work really well with the the 7 to 10 year age groups and some of them work really well with the teenagers and some do a really good job in transitioning from youth to adult but they all want to be a first team coach somewhere
1: because they're going to get paid for it yeah at the end of the day there's and look this was the same in England and and so forth where they didn't value that youth development side now they do now there's decent money made in Europe to be just focusing on youth as it should be um and i think that's a, that's a huge thing i also think there needs to be especially in perth and i've said this and I'll keep saying it again if if we're going we need to do a two a two stream approach number one 80% of our approach should be getting as many players playing getting enjoying it and focusing on just junior players playing mm-hmm. you know junior players playing that's it and then then we the 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 other twenty percent and then we look at the elite level and we actually create that proper elite stream where elite players and not just the top twenty players, but you know we've got the top twenty players right now as a let 's say yeah. a thirteen year old but then you've got maybe forty players in that thirteen age group who aren't maybe there, but we can see they 've got something there so you 've got oh, that
0: because
1: yeah. i I have players coming through my academy at the school that they're exceptional in year seven and eight, mm. and players who aren't quite as good as them. And you, you, you see this all of a sudden, right? Nine and ten, when other things come into it, the body develops a bit better for everyone and so forth. And then that just swaps. You see these players go beyond these initial superstars. And, it's, and part of that problem is because they're killing it in their so called elite competition because it's not elite.
0: Yeah, and the other thing is you you see them now, elite eights and nine programs, which I I disagree with completely. That's that's Yeah, Yeah. I I disagree with it completely. I don't think until you're playing on a full-size pitch at 12 or 13, we should even think about that side of things. But having those better players in those sevens, eights, nines, tens actually brings on the players around them. And if you have an elite eight-year-old team that's playing against inferior sides... They actually don't learn anything. No. They go out there, they cream sides and all they learn is, is how to boost their egos. Well, well look, when I when I was in the mini ruse, I
1: made you know, and I lost a couple of players, um parents said, What you know, why can't you just have an elite? You've got some great players there. And I said, It's under eight, under nines, even under tens, I said, I'm mixing it. I'm, you know, mm-hmm. I, I mixed it so the better half the better players in this team, half the better players in that one, and they mixed it. And and you know, I remember going to one one ground where I, and um, we had both were playing at the same time and one was playing this team's B team and this team was playing the race side and we, the, the and we, they played it was a great game I think it was like 5-4 lots of goals that's what you want yeah. great great football it's really really close my other mixed team played their B team and, I, and and they won like 16-0 and it got to the point after like 9 I was telling the kids this is 9 look you can only like play two touch because it, the, you know they were just going crazy with it it mm. was just so easy for them and so sort of like that A, B, why are you having an A, B at, at ages eight or nine? It, it, it All you're doing is destroying these kids. These kids won't come back. Some of these kids won't come back and play. No. You know? And that's, that's what I think, as you, I think you put it, once you got to the bigger pitch, I think there's three categories we've got. I think under 11s on down, hmm. at least under 10s, it's just about getting them playing and enjoying it.
0: But the thing is, 99% of players that join up at 8, 9, 10 or whatever, 98 or 99% of them are only ever going to play State League at the highest. At the highest. At the highest. So it's very, very important that at the, the early age groups that they, they learn to love the game. And that's really all it should be about. The skills and everything else will come later and they'll come quicker if you love what you're doing. Mm. If those kids want to get up in the morning with a ball at their feet and go to bed with the ball in the bed with them, then you've done your job. job. Job's done. Um, and, and the rest of it will develop over time. And some of them, no matter how much time they spend on a ball will never, ever be anything more than a social grade player. Of
1: course. And this is, this is the other thing about it as well. You know, you look at, you know, teams are training now and, and this whole six month, um, pre-season for a yeah. five month season, um, I look at them and I and, and I see players and, and these these kids are great players at this you know and they're doing well but very few of them are going around, going home and kicking the ball against the wall and the yep. parents are paying two grand. Now if I was a parent and I've given a ball to a kid and, and, and it's and in you know, especially when the season's on, or when the World Cup's on right now. Yeah. Because I remember the World Cup when I was when I was a kid. Yep. It was ball out the street every single day. You know, you were just fired up in a spy by it. And if they're not if I if, I, if my if I, if I if my kid comes to me and goes I want to go and play for this club and it costs $1,500. Okay. And I'll just go, let's leave it for two weeks. And if I don't see him kicking the ball against the wall, I'm not paying, t- I'm not paying
0: $1,500. No, exactly. You want to go, you find the money. So, so what's your thought on these private academies that come up? There's, there's a dozen of them now more than that, probably where no regulation. They can rock up. But we can set up a thing saying, right. Um, the, the JJ Ococcia school of coaching. That would be um, a good school
1: of coaching. That yeah.
0: Would be, but, would be but, but with mind. Sean Kelly at the helm, it wouldn't be. Um, <laughs> And there's no regulation on it. I can just put, promise that, you know, come to my program and within five years, your son will be playing professional mm. for Manchester United, and people buy that dream. Yeah, look, I'm, I'm a two minds about, look, to be honest... And it
1: sucks money out of the game. Yeah, look, to be honest, I'd rather the situation where we had an elite stream, uh, an, an elite league, or we have just let the juniors do what they do, let them play, and have the districts... And um, I'll have to talk about the districts in the future because they'll be coming up again. Yeah, there was, there was um, problems
0: with the districts,
1: but yeah. But um, not the one, not the way I'm running at the minute. But we'll no, talk okay. about it yeah, on yeah. a different episode. Yeah. But have that as an least you have the, Have let the juniors be the juniors. Um, if you're in the top league, you're in the top league promotion. Just let them enjoy yeah. that, and, and then have the league plays here, and 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 everyone is paying no more than four hundred dollars. Yes, right? that's what I I'd prefer. totally agree. And have academy. So if if if. if if parents want to go to an academy, and pay extra money. So let's go. Okay, we paid fifteen hundred dollars this year. Next year it's only going to be four hundred. I will spend the other eleven $1, hundred taking you to an academy. Then you know what? That's by choice. Now, don't get me
0: but wrong. But if those academies were run through clubs,
1: um, it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be it's going to be more regulated or anything better. <laughs> but, um, yeah, look. No, I think I think personally I think it should be clubs just do your job as a club. Yeah. Provide you in a pathway and if people want to go to a private academy or go to a, a, school, a, program. a school program like ours yeah. which to be fair is you know what we have 180 sessions and it costs $400. Mm. You know, so it's pretty decent value for money. It's accessible,
0: yes. Um, yeah.
1: So I have no problems with the private academies. I do have a problem when they try and sell a dream. But again, you know what that's like Everyone's selling the dream. Yeah, and that's a private thing. If parents yeah. want to sell into that, that's fine. I don't think clubs should be one selling the dream. Clubs should be there just to provide the opportunity to play. That's, pl-
0: they are the pathway, though. That's, that's the job. You, you cannot sign up for the, the Tony Campbell Academy and play in a league. You have to be in a club yeah. to play. So whilst you're – I mean, look, at the, and the school's actually a very good thing because the the school competition is very strong and you know th- there are a lot of good players developed through that system. And the- – and the extra, the extra game time is always a good thing.
1: And the positive thing is that, you know, we're teachers, first and foremost. Yeah. And, you know, it's, okay, we want to win and we want to do well. But, but you teach good values. It's a, our our yeah. first approach has always been holistically develop the person.
0: Yeah. But the, then those players go to their respective clubs so I imagine from Linwood some, some go to Gosnell's some would go yeah. elsewhere Fremantle or whatever um, but wherever they, they're playing they're not all playing at the one club no. so they all go back to absolutely, yeah. a club structure yeah, and play in the absolutely. club structure. and
1: we, you know I mean, okay, I've, I've had a few uh, I mean, I was at Linwood so we, uh, the club I'm at Linwood uh, United mm. so obviously we have some players who at Linwood United who play for my for my team but that's because that's where they that's you know, where their mates that's are where they started yeah. that's where their mates are yeah. um, and I yeah, so to me, it's always as long as you're playing, that's all that matters. I don't really care. You have got to be playing in a club. You have to be playing because a lot of the, some of the players we get are we get um like it was a lot of Africans initially. Then we've got we have um because we've Afghanis. got seven. Afghani's. Afghani's yeah. Afghani's are huge at that limit at the minute, and a lot of them um initially didn't play in in clubs. They yeah. just just street players. Yes. and it's it's brilliant. Some brilliant skills, and um and it's 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 fantastic, and um. You know, we might be, we might actually have a few Ukrainians. That could be the next yes. migrant population coming through. And um, yeah, very talented footballers, absolutely. So yeah. to me, it's all about, especially with these um, refugees and migrants that have come across, because um, we have an English intensive centre at Linwood as well. So we mm. we do get them to come in. Um, it's it's about look, I want you to play. You know, you're in the academy because you're a good skilled player. I want you in a team, and as so long as they're playing. But I, again, it's sort of, as I said, I don't think the private academies should be linked to a club. Uh, necessarily, I think then you have to be playing for here to go to there, or vice mm. versa.
2: but um, well, I suppose
0: the point I was making was there there is nothing to stop anyone, and even someone without any footballing background starting off an academy mm. and just saying that we've got. You need, yeah. I, I brought. Yeah, we've got coaches, we've got qualified coaches, and we've got all this happening, but there is no regulation over it. Yeah. Um, what That's, they charge, the mm. money they drag out of the game, um, and some of them, you know, it costs to do that program. So are they doing that at the expense of of the game, or are parents funding both? That yeah. I,
1: I don't think they'd actually take money out because I think there's just people are willing to pay ridiculous prices um, and just for a badge. And I think I, I agree. I think you always need a degree of regulation. Mm. And I think there are some. Uh, so
0: in, in TC's world, what is what is the answer? What do we what do we do instead of what we're doing now? Um,
1: well, the first thing, just go back to the basis of the game. You know, when I was I was a junior, no one ever said, "Oh, you're developing." Well, let's go to this club to develop, development, development, development. It was I want to play football. <laughs> yeah, that was it. Yeah. I, you know, and that's when I was thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. I was I just play football
0: always came first for me, and I didn't care who it was for or yeah, where it was. It was just, just play football, just
1: playing. And it yeah. still Asillas, um, you know, and I've been lucky to play in some great teams. Um, and I've been lucky to play in some really bad teams. I've actually sometimes I've enjoyed that more because um, yeah. sometimes it's going to be a big fish in a small pond. <laughs> but also, you get that. I suppose similar to Australia, you know, when they lost that first game, you know what? We're one of the weakest teams here, right? Well, you know what?
0: Got nothing to lose.
1: they us got nothing to lose. Let's yeah. dig it in and just give it to them. Absolutely. And sometimes that's that's the best feeling. But I think going back, especially the younger ages, to just just let them play, and then once you get once you get to the on on the field again, just let you know reduce the prices let clubs provide a service
0: but how do we re- reduce those prices
1: well i think um i think first of all i think football west need to re- restructure the junior leagues and then and 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 not be charging so much to put, have an npl junior team in the competition yeah. that knocks some of the prices back i think you know there was this big push to have um coaches who I've got badges, and don't get me wrong. I'm a big believer in education, coach education, absolutely. And and I think it's I always encourage, but and but at junior level, forcing clubs to have, um, um accredited coaches, I think is the wrong way to go. I think there was a lot of great junior clubs that weren't MPL that are slowly dying and dropping off, mm-hmm. and finding it hard to to get those numbers. And and there's this, you know, a lot of now MPL clubs who Who've who've been given a leg up, yeah, and and now they're sort of cornering the market, and and I think
0: well, I, some, and some of these clubs are going round their their district, and they are taking eight year olds from a community program and bring yeah. them into the NPL program because it is the NPL.
1: Mm. I think look, like I said there's two ways to do it. Footballers, West, football West restructure it and bring bring it back down to look all juniors. You can play. For any club and whichever so at the under at the end of under 11s under 12s for example yeah. they do a seeding and it goes right you're division one you're division two you're division three if you want to go up you move up
0: well that, that was the old way of doing it and I think we it start worked. we started at under tens back then with the the, the wire across mm. the top of the goal but um, back then you got seeded in that under ten year and then the better teams got promoted and the, and the ones that weren't so good got relegated and you know look. At that time, quite unfashionable, Forest Field. And we ended up with mm. a couple of teams in, in the Premier League just because of the quality of coaching. Well, I am. Um,
1: one of the biggest problems was being towards uh, when, it, when you got to the, the um, full size pitches, and, and the view was it's, it's not about winning. It's not about winning. Let them play, let them play, let them play. And the message was because of those over the top coaches and parents. Oh, yeah. Needed, but you know what? They're still here. Yeah. They haven't changed. Okay. Um, the, the, what it should have been is about the education of, look, we want, look, at, between the age of the 13 and 15, try, encourage your train to play good football. So they go good on the ball. Doesn't mean when you play that you have to always play the same way, but encourage it. You mm-hmm. know, coach, coach enjoy and join. Do these, you know, don't just, I mean, I've seen drill, you know, long time, you know, over the years where kids are lined up, 15 kids having a shot, then it was right. Go and run a lap. No, still talking to the parent. You're going to run a lap. Right, go and play again. Yeah. Right, that's not coaching. That's not. And look, he may not know the, anything about it. But to me, it's there was a conference a few years ago, uh, Kelly Cross, and I wish, I wish I had the confidence at that point to put my hand up and, go and call him out on it. And he said, who cares when little Johnny plays for under-14s and they win the under-14s league? Who cares? That's not important. The World Cup's important. And I said, well, you know who cares? Little Johnny. Little Johnny. And, and little, little Johnny's, Johnny's teammates. Yeah. This could be his only chance he's ever going to win. Yes. There's nothing wrong no. with winning. No. And it could be, I've come across players who've never, I mean, one of the things I said in, when we got to the top four, and I was f- annoyed and frustrated, we've done so well to get the top four, my under-14s my under, uh, team in the division mm-hmm. Div one. And we're playing Subiaco and look, we should have been 3-0 down. Subiaco would have us yeah. apart. And we did so well in the two games previously to get there. And, um, and I was frustrated. I said, you know, this is a moment you may not. And I said, I've, I've known people who have won something at under, under 13 and never won anything ever again, ever because they're never were in a team good enough to do it. Mm. I said, this a moment, this is, a, it's a great feeling. Go out there. You know, I don't, if, look, I don't care if we do, win or lose, to be honest, but don't go out as a whimper. No, don't don't just just think. Oh well, you know, show some fight. Show, and then that's part of development as well. Of course it is. And and you know what? Came back and it was one one, and then it was two two one. And with <laughs> ten seconds ago, game's over. I'm thinking that's it. We've done at least we showed fight in the yeah. second half, so at least good credit to them. And we get a penalty in the last second, last kick of the game, two two, and then we win on penalties. Yeah. And and to be fair, looking over the game, we didn't deserve to win it, but. They fought and they they showed show character. Happen if you believe, but that character and so on, that's yeah. why Australia's winning.
2: Yeah, it's absolutely. nothing to
1: do with playing four three three. It's nothing to do with playing possession football. They're doing because a good old Australian, yeah, just pure Australian spirit. G and D blocking it up and doing yeah. what they can, and that is that is that is a
0: huge factor in development. Absolutely. All right, a couple of questions for you from Peter. Okay. Um, the in 2022 the national youth championships under 14 and 16 girls and under 14 and 15 boys were held in coffs harbor where was the 2021 version held
1: that's not fair because that's um that's you
0: oh it was a trick question and <laughs> you picked it it's a go and where was the 2017 school sport interstate football championship held
1: I've got to remember when I when I came back into the school sport. Yeah. Sixteens and, and I think and I think twelves as well. Yeah. Um, and nineteens for the girls, I should say as well. I'm pretty confident that was the last one that was held in Perth. Adelaide. Hill. Adelaide. Adelaide, yeah. No, it was two thousand eighteen. Yeah. That's right, because
0: I took over 2,000 action without the bono again. Oh, well look, I'm f- disappointed 50, 50, in myself, there. Yeah, That's all right. right, 50-50, mate. That's pretty good. Um, all right, we're going to take a break, and we'll be back after that break with Ben Smith, who's got a couple of articles in today's West, and we'll talk to him about the World Cup. And we'll be back after these. Radio, Radio Fremantle, Fremantle, 107.9, 107.9 FM. 107.9.
2: Radio Fremantle, 107.9 FM.
0: Radio Fremantle, 107.9 FM. And it seems like we have a little gremlin inside the machine. Now, that's interesting. Um, we'll just clear that. So, yeah, look, you're only a year out, Tone, so yeah, don't get too upset about it. No,
1: but, I bad, actually, then it was the next year that um, I think we got silver. Yeah. I think it was, which was really good. I was down there as a a helper type person it was yeah. quite an enjoyable week
0: which was your ride back in obviously
1: yeah so I had a few years out and um Gav and um and his troop just had uh, they done their five years well, not that it's yeah. five years but they just thought sort of look and, and they, well, why not leave on a high um, exactly but I do remember the next uh, the next year um we went to uh Queensland and the first couple of games so we went from winning silver and I got the award at the Halfway through, for the biggest backslide
2: <laughs> from first, from
1: second right, to. Uh, let's see if
0: I killed these gremlins, and we'll, we'll try again.
5: Cristiano Ronaldo, Wayne Rooney, Veron. Hi. I'm Peter Skeeler. Everyone seems to think I'm the ultimate wingman and full of helpful information. It's true, I am. My passion is trivia and Australian football statistics. Check out aleaguestats.com, my website, where you can follow all the stats and results from the men's and women's A-leagues from the beginning of time, or at least 2005 and 2008, respectively. You're listening in to the World Football Programme on Radio Fremantle, and we appreciate you tuning in.
0: Oh well it looks like the gremlins have got to ben as well. Um so we'll we'll see what happens. We'll try and get a hold of him as we go, but we can still talk about the world cup. I would like to talk about VAR. Ben Ben has had a couple of really good articles in the paper this morning, so probably he's getting some calls about that. But um, the VAR, yes, go go about VAR. You and I hate it. I'm not a big fan.
1: No. Um go goal line technology absolutely. Goals a goal. Um offsides I I can get persuaded but there has to be a tolerance. I think there has to be a tolerance in there of, I don't know, let's say 15 centimetres, 20 centimetres, 6 inches, 8 inches. You know,
0: if, if, it's, if it's not clear within that. Um, I'd say it's right back to the human. I mean, yes, we're going to get errors. We're going to get it wrong. But this is not a game of perfection. No, and look, it was, it's the, it's the imperfections, you know, what's it, uh, yeah, the Gallagher the, said true perfection has to be imperfect, but, but I thought the quite ironic. And I thought, you know, look, maybe there I did get this right. I remember one of the Argentinians being caught off, offside because his hand was over the line. And they said, <laughs> but it has to be a golf scoring part of the body. I thought, we well, were an Argentinian, yeah, so hand to God. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, not so much fun now, is it? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Hopefully, it wants to be so much fun this, uh, tomorrow morning as well. Yeah. Um, now look. I, I Look, I, I, I'll, I'll accept, offside, I will accept it, but I do think there needs to be a tolerance to it. What I can't accept and what's frustrating, I had a big argument with my mate like yesterday, yeah. Yeah, just these penalty calls. Uh, yeah. You know what? I now got appreciation, I think everyone does, a referee. Yeah. He sees what he sees, he interprets it, and he gives it what he Yeah,
0: but, but the thing is, when someone with extreme halitosis breathes on Ronaldo and he falls over, is that a penalty?
1: But it's not that. It goes to the fact that it goes to the VAR, and the VAR can see it. And look, I'm going to go, to go back from the World Cup. and I'm going to bring up the Newcastle one yeah. where the guy pushed, uh, it was a Callum Wilson in the back. He hit the goalkeeper. It's a defender. It came with a defender mm-hmm. goes on the goal. Now, the VAR purposely only showed one angle. Yeah. And it's like,
0: how can you get this wrong? You've got... I, I think Kenny Lowe, when it first came in, um, Kenny was coach of uh, Perth Glory at the time, and we spoke about VAR. And Kenny has the the absolute classic quote on that. And that was that we've taken the decision away from a flawed individual with milliseconds to make a decision and given it to a, just as a flawed, flawed person way. with multiple camera angles to make just as flawed decision yeah. over a period of minutes. Mm. And he's absolutely right because it, it all is, is opinion. And then you look at some of the things that go on. Um, we talk about the the pulling in the penalty box, etc. The Harry
1: Maguire one is ridiculous.
0: Yeah, the the Harry Maguire one. And then at the, 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 the other end, Harry Maguire and Stones both pulled down in the box, and VAR doesn't go, "Oh, clear an obvious mistake." It just goes, "No play on." Then at the other end, Stones has got his hand behind his back. He's got hold of the guy's shirt. Got no no uh, disagreement, penalty. So what was the difference? He all he had was one arm. On his shirt, whereas they had both arms wrapped around yeah. the, the guy's look, waist and dragged him to the floor. Look, it, it's it's penalties, or you know, it's.
1: I mean, I forget about even the whole going through yeah. slow motion thing, um, because it's it's because that's that's that makes it completely, you know, takes it away yeah. as well. Um, but you, by the law of the game, they're both penalties. But then you also look at the messy one. I mean. The one where he got slightly slapped in the face a little bit after yeah. the ball had gone. Yes, and you've also got that. Was it the who was it? The And ball then you got Cavallo with, last night. Look, he was look. That's look. I only saw it from one angle, um, um, and, a, and I think only two quick replays because I didn't watch the whole game. But look, I'm glad it wasn't a penalty. Um, you know, uh, but he got clipped. Hmm. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm talking talking. Um, yeah, but they say
0: they make the most of it, uh, and you know Ronaldo's the king of making the most of it, and then you've got other players who who will get clipped the same way and still try and and soldier on because they want to mm. score. they don't want somebody else picking up the ball but it's even the um what was it the handball one that what, what he got called he kick through
1: his legs and he was falling over
0: yes, no, that was never a penalty and it's, it's like, where else could his hand be it's I no,
1: it's not it's, an unnatural position, so, okay. it's a natural position so it's a natural position he supposed to how was he
0: supposed to fall
1: yeah exactly uh, it, yeah yeah. It, I don't know. It, it's uh, – oh, look, I guess it, it's keep the controversy alive and
0: keeps people talking. Well, you've got, you got to ask, though, what was the intent of the player? The intent of the player was to stop myself from falling. Yeah. I'm falling towards the ground, natural reaction, arm out. He didn't go, oh, and if I put it just there, I'll be able to stop the ball as well. It was, no, I'm falling hmm. over. Arm I, goes out instinctively. And
1: I think I said – I think Kenny Law's got yeah. it perfectly, right? You, 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 as I said, okay, it probably has improved decision-making a little bit, but the ones that are getting wrong shouldn't shouldn't be getting wrong with VAR.
0: I think the problem is though that we've we've got caught up in this perfect world. Mm. This is an imperfect game, and and that's one of the, the the things I enjoy about the imperfect game is it is not perfect. And yes, we do have someone in the middle who you know is blind, he's deaf, he wants to be a ref, and you know they have their version of it. And we go, yeah, fair enough. Except we don't. I mean, you look at last night, the Uruguay game, and, and I hate that one part of the game I really hate is it's crowding the referee. I've never known once where, you know, 10 players surrounding the referee waving their fingers in his face and he's gone, you know what, chaps, you're absolutely right. I did get that wrong. Yeah, uh, maybe at Old Trafford in the
1: late 90s to early 2000s, yeah,
0: maybe. maybe. <laughs> but but the thing is, the referees, and I, and I know I've talked to Hugh about this, the referees actually are the ones to blame. Because if he started to become a pop-up, title right, you've got a yellow, now go yeah. away. You've got a yellow, now go away. They would go away. Oh,
1: but you say that.
0: But remember, what was it, 2006,
1: was it uh, Portugal... Was it Portugal V Spain where they had those seven yellow cards, three mm. send-offs? They were all yellow cards and send offs. Yeah. And that was the last I think that was the last time the ref that referee ever, ever did a I know,
0: I, but, but this is the problem. And there, there's, there's But then nothing,
1: Step Blatter was in charge So Yeah, there's nothing
0: you know. wrong with doing that. And I think you it's the only way they're going to stop it. You know, the why do referees in rugby have the respect they have? Mm. Because if you disrespect them, it hurts you. And it doesn't matter who you are. Mm. You could be the best player. You could be the, the Ronaldo or Messi of rugby. And if you come up and disrespect the referee, you're gone. You're sin bin. Well, you know what? It's, uh, I don't know why. They they, they introduced it with, uh, for, I think
1: it was uh, what, the, a couple of years ago, um, at juniors, the uh, the sin bin for juniors and mm. um, for any disrespect to the referee. And it happened a couple of times. Um that season, but I haven't seen it really, really no. since, and it's a shame. But why? Why just for juniors? Why can't you have it, 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 just a separate disrespect rule? Um, the way you are, Sinbin, you show mm. a disrespect to the referee. You are off for ten minutes. Absolutely, that'll make
0: that would make a huge, yep. huge
1: difference. I was going
0: to think that the the, the, ad, the other thing I like about this World Cup is the extra time because mm-hmm. you know if you're going to. Do what used to happen, and that is that fall over every two minutes and, and soak up the time. It's not happening now, so we end up with mm. you know ten minutes extra time. Brilliant.
1: I didn't like it the other day when Denmark was humping those balls into the box, and uh, <laughs> and there was still six minutes to go.
0: I actually like was it wasn't. I think he only got five minutes no, it wasn't There wasn't long in yeah. in, con- in context there wasn't an awful lot of extra time and I was quite happy for Denmark to hump in long balls because that was just hopeless with big <laughs> Harry there he just he's, he's like the gravitational pull just sucked the ball to his head Um. so going back to the World Cup and we talked about Golden Generations before Um. Belgium yeah. massive disappointment that is their golden generation. The majority of their players are between 30 and 35. This is their last that's World gone. Cup. Martinez has really burnt that generation. Yeah. Um,
1: look, they did well in the last, what, the semi-finals in the yeah. last World Cup. Yeah. Um, yeah, finished third. So, that's right, they did as well. Um, yeah. But, uh, I mean, look... Obviously, when De Bruyne came out and sort of said, "Look, it's kind of indicated it's not a happy camp." Oh, a lot of disharmony um, in that camp. Yeah, you yeah. know, um, and fair play to De Bruyne. You know, he's he's, he's saying it as it is, and there's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with that. Um, you know, maybe not the best time, but he's
0: probably sick and tired of it. And then Coutoir, um said that if they find out who mm. who the person leaking oh. this information out, yeah. You know? So I think
1: they, I think it's all just imploded. Yeah. Um, I mean, having said that you know, Lukaku did have a couple of decent chances. So it the
0: yeah, but, you know, his best strike was the dugout,
1: so... Yeah, but having said that, the question is, they didn't really look like scoring before he came on. So is it no. just the fact of, okay, he, he was in good positions, he's just... Uh, but he did waste them. He did waste them. Yeah. He did waste What's the point of getting those good positions if you can't...
0: Germany. Yeah,
1: look, that's the end of their... I mean, look, that's been that's been coming. You know, they they rose up. We saw, we saw that in 2010. They did a really good... Um, this is had the a,
0: second world Cup they failed, yeah, well, they had a good look at themselves yeah. what,
1: after two thousand and and they they they, they got the a lot of you know they did promote a lot of young players coming through because you know if you look at german sides in the past, they did probably um always be a bit of an older side yeah and and you know that disciplined older side, and they sort of realized that quite it wasn 't working in the modern game as much they did need that little bit more youth and um and you know we saw in two thousand and ten they 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 were incredible and obviously they won it in two thousand and fourteen but yeah to drop off that quickly though I mean that 's two world cups
0: oh, they dropped off a cliff, absolutely yeah. dropped off a cliff from winning
1: the world cup to yeah to and they didn 't really look like that i't i can can't i can 't th- think back too much to two thousand and eighteen um but I know looking at them this year they didn't to be fair, they deserved to be out yeah, they never looked dom- you know dominant, they never looked like they were going to set the world on fire um in the bits of that in the games that I saw um. But yes, yeah, for the for, that's twice. But you're interested to see, you know, when's the last time they've been out like that? I don't think they've ever gone out in the group stage throughout two two years two two tournaments in a row.
0: No, no, they haven't. And I think uncharacteristically, it was their defense that let them down. Normally, they're very yeah. well structured at the back, but yeah, they they just didn't have. The but you know, same, they, they didn't have the same Germanic feel about the yeah. midfield. Did pretty well up top. They were lacking, but it is a global game now. You know, yeah. I think
1: there's there's very few minnows anymore um and i think you know one of the biggest annoyances i found with england and i think it's due to this english exceptionalism we invented the game so therefore we've got to be winning it you know and statistically speaking if, uh, if you ever read you know the soconomics or wildland yeah. um fail and but they they looked at the stats and, and realistically if, if quarterfinals is where england should expect to be yeah and when when an england fan we complain about southgate and this that, and the other thing just look at all the other big nations. I know. Look how they're doing. Argentina just sort of semi sort of scraped through. Spain were nearly could have gone out for a minute or two, yes. Germany are out. Yep. Belgium are out. You know, there's some big names. Absolutely. That, um, there are. You know, and some, like I said, Japan, Morocco and, and, and stuff
0: getting Australia, you know. Um, well, I was reading an article recently and we we're talking about the, 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 how the game is evening out and the. Teams are now less reliant on a dominant striker. Mm. Um, Harry Kane hasn't been scoring at all for England. And other teams have been more reliant on their attacking midfielders or the wingers for goals. And that the, the time of the big centre-half, or centre-forward rather, is is past.
1: Yeah, well, it's interesting. There's a, there's a great um, journalist, a uh, guy called Jonathan Wilson. Don't yeah. you ever come across stuff? stuff? Uh, he, he did wrote this book uh, called Inverting the Pyramid. Um, I use it whenever my students are uh, not doing the right thing. I actually
0: saw that last night in, in a thing for Ted Lasso where his assistant coach was reading Inver- Inversing yeah. the Pyramid. Yes, yeah.
1: well, yes, he did, yes. Because <laughs> uh, yes, I remember shouting to my son, I've got that. <laughs>
0: um, it's, it's, I, I love it because
1: it, yeah. it, it, it highlights the, uh, the, 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 the tactical development. And, he, and this, the book's probably about 20 years old now. And he sort of um, prophesied that the, the next great formation was 4-6-0. <laughs> that there is no strikers, yeah, and and to be fair, it's it's, it's gone. Kind of I mean, because yeah. if you consider, I was thinking about this, you know, comparing England players to the past and how we're probably we're doing the typical thing of you know, Phil Foden's the next Maradona and all that yeah. type of stuff, and you know, I was thinking, you know, you go back to the nineties, you had Shearer, Sheringham, Ferdinand, um, Fowler, and um, just a name off the top of my head, yeah, Gaza, um, you know, so, so you had. But but now, like I said, you name yeah. really other than Harry Kane, I'll get okay, your Callum Wilson as well. But yeah, it's all it's all midfielders and attacking attacking players, really. Yeah, There's no, very. It's not really about leading the line anymore. No, it's not. Um, it's and it's all about those those runs in behind
0: and. And I think in this campaign, um, Harry Kane is actually dropping a lot deeper, mm. and the fact he's been a provider for a few of those goals yeah. shows you he's actually. Becoming more of a midfielder than he is a striker. So, yeah,
2: I don't
1: know. It's well, it's an interesting it, development. Well, it's even looking like Rooney. You know, he went from you know leading the line to you know sort of uh, gradually you know sort of dropping back because he, he naturally sort of used to come and get the ball anyway. But he you yep. went further and further back,
0: and then and then coaching. Yeah. He's not doing too bad, actually. <laughs> Better than I thought he was going to do, Go, Yeah, no, actually, he's done very well. Um, I think the emergence of Asia as a, a powerhouse now, I mean, it's always been Europe and, and South America. That is a surprise. Um, but that really is a surprise. And it's not just Japan, South Korea, it's Saudi Arabia, it's Australia. There's, You know, that Asian conference is really starting to, to mm. flex some muscle. And, and we're just hanging on to the coattails of those other nations. And, and as I said earlier about, China's development. Wait until China come through. They went through that phase of bringing in the old Hasbins into their league. Their younger players are now becoming the stars in their own yep. leagues. So, you know, and they're replacing. Although they've got a couple of Australian coaches and, and other national coaches, they're, they're developing their own coaching teams. So, you know, they'll become a powerhouse, and that'll yeah, be take a, lot a little bit, bit, of bit of while. They, it'll take they, re- they reckon ten years. Yeah,
1: I yeah. wouldn't be surprised. If, sort of, it's, if they've got a um, focus of. Uh, you know, holding the World Cup, maybe, maybe not after the American one, but the one afterwards. And that yeah. could be their their rise, you know, because, look, they've got the population and if they want to do something...
2: Well,
0: the thing is, just, just sheerly through numbers, if you've got 50 million people playing the game... Then to get 26 of them <laughs> world class,
1: shouldn't We're half decent. Yeah, yeah you half might. decent.
0: Shouldn't be that hard, should no, it, really? Because no. it's just pure economics. It's, yeah,
1: it, and it's just using that economics to get the infrastructure in place, having a good youth development program. That hopefully, they won't follow the Australian model. Um, and, uh,
0: do, you know what, do you know what model they are following? No, I'm done. Japanese. Yeah, look, you know what?
1: You did fair play to the Japanese. They, they, I mean, look, I think it was an overreach to think, I think it was what, 50 year plan? Yep. I think their, their aim is to win it.
0: I can remember um, back in the day, it would have been um, late 80s, early 90s, well, no, it would have been late 80s, um, when I was at Forest Field coaching kids. We had a Japanese lad come over who was 14 or 15 and Technically, the skills he had compared to those 14- and 15-year-olds that we were playing, um, he was way above. Mm. I mean, these kids could not believe it when a ball was dropping out of the sky from about 30 metres, he would just stop it dead on his foot and start playing it. Well, most of them, they put their foot out and you know, bounce off another 15 metres or whatever, mm. you know. So back then, highly, highly technical. And I think that's the, the underpinning part of the Japanese game is they're very, very good technical players. What they've added in the last few years has been the strength and, and the flair.
1: And they've got the best culture as well. Yeah. You know, um, I think you, you, can't, you can't underestimate the culture side of it. You know? Um, you know, that's why the New Zealanders were maybe not recently, but they're uh, you know, the most successful sporting team. In the history of sport in mm. uh, New Zealand, and, and one of the biggest factors they've had, especially again not recently, but over the last 20, 30 years, it is is the uh, what they call the no dickhead policy. Yeah, pardon my French, but um, you know, and it's it's that culture
0: of, and I think yeah, yeah, but I, I think you know, part of the Australianism is the larrakin is, is you know part of our culture. Yeah, and you've got to embrace yeah. you know you've got to embrace part
1: you know what you what, what you what what you have. I think when you. When you go to globalize globalize in terms of mm. tactics and formations you've still got to have and i think you still got to have part of your identity how good would
0: Gazza have been if he'd have been in a Japanese academy
1: how could have, yeah well how could he <laughs> would have been if he was uh, To be honest if he, if he just wasn't in England <laughs> yeah and <laughs> um, that's what it comes down to and i think I mean look and you know what as, as much as look i am I'm a relative fan of uh, you know, of of Southgate I think he's done a yep. pretty good job i think one of our reasons our expectations are so high is because you know what we have done really well in the last two and that's partly because you've got to give him credit for it yeah absolutely Uh, look will he go on and win something I think he he is a little bit pragmatic in terms of his approach and I think the only thing I'll probably say he probably does need to work on is tactical changes substitutional wise yeah but to me I think how he's done how he's playing and I think biggest factor of that the culture he's he's brought into it. I think that's a huge factor. The culture he's brought into that England team. When you go, you know what happened in two thousand and sort of fourteen, two thousand and sixteen in the Euros, two thousand and ten, and then you go into that so-called English golden generation, where it was, you know, you oh, had the Beckham, Man United. They even say it themselves. Yeah. Man United plays over here. Liverpool plays over here. Chelsea plays here, and everyone else is just sort of sit, you know, pushed aside, and and it, that doesn't exist anymore. So. In England's, you know, as we're talking about culture, you know, I think that's one huge factor in the England camp.
0: Oh yeah, look, when I mean, we look through the cultures, I mean, in, back in the Kevin Keegan days, if if you you weren't drinking and gambling, you weren't in. So there's there's yeah, culture plays a huge site, a huge thing in it. But you know, look, I think going back to Australia now and um, the task ahead, um, you know, two three months ago, everyone was going Arnold out. Let's get someone who's adventurous, whatever. And again, like Southgate, he's been very very much a defensive coach build from the mm. back. Um and he's paying dividends now. People have questioned even after the first game against France, who they wrote Australia off. And and look at us mm. now, last sixteen. Um, you know, there's I put a comment up on Facebook recently because um, they were saying about Graham Arnold and his tactics. And I say he's a tactical genius, and they said, "What about the the four-two loss to France? Is it he's just suckering them in? So that when when we meet them in the final, yeah, we'll do them. Over. <laughs> we'll do them it's over. Just, yeah. I think it's going to be easy,
1: yeah. you know? But it was ridiculous. It's, you know, they're reigning champions. Yeah, with an exceptionally. I mean, they've lost what was it, three or four key starters. Yeah. and just replaced them. Absolutely, no, no, no. with anything less. Just yeah, phenomenal. Um, yeah. But it's what you said about you know do we get an adve- What 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 would an adventurous
0: coach do with the Australian team? What could he possibly what, what, what could he possibly do? He could have possibly got knocked out because it yeah. could be too adventurous. And I think you know what what Graham Arnold does have the players who'd be adventurous. He has looked at his team and he's gone. I do not have the players. I've I've got the players like a Mitch Duke or a, a Leckie or a Beckers that can have. A moment in a game where they can actually put the ball in the back of the net, and then it's up to Harry and the rest of the boys at the back to do a job. And you know, when you look at people like Degenek, that's all he's done is he's done a job. Mm. Um Harry has been exceptional, but he is again just doing an exceptional job.
1: I will say though, I think we're missing the biggest, biggest one of the biggest players. No, Harry and, yeah. and so on, and that's Moy. I think, I think his his work rate, is performance. I think, I think without him. Um, I think we. Struggle. I think he does
0: a very similar job. Um, now for Australia that Declan Rice does. He he plays in front of that mm. back four, and, and he's he's always available for a pass, and he, he's always got a good pass in him out. Um, I noticed the other day when he had to to move for a ball, and he just doesn't have the pace, and he knows it. Mm. But he plays well within inside his limitations. But he is a, a great focal point. He's always he doesn't, give, ready doesn't get the ball to, away very often he's ready to receive a pass no matter where the ball is he's ready to mm. receive it and then when he gets it he very rarely wastes that pass off So but his work rate as well oh yeah no, absolutely no, he look, hasn't, hasn't played a lot of games no, um, no and just yeah the ground he was covering was against Denmark yeah. in that last 5-10 minutes all right, um, we're going to go to a break very shortly, but um, what I want to do is just mention that our guest, Ben, who obviously for one reason or another isn't able to join us, has a couple of articles in today's West. Um, we don't get enough in the West. Great to see the voodoo doll of Messi <laughs> on the front page.
1: Yeah.
0: Hey it. Again, it's that Australian larrikin thing, isn't it? You know, we're... we're yeah, but don't
1: don't don't do too much. You might fall over in the box. So, we'll, you know. we'll
0: respect you by disrespecting you. But you know, look, I think it's fantastic. I think it's a, a good thing to do. Um, you don't often get that sort of coverage for our game in the paper. So you know, look, Ben's representing for for us in that. Did you see regard. the
1: the quote by Ange? I can't remember the full quote. Ange Postecoglou yeah. went round about the about getting. On that front page, yeah. Uh, I can't really. I, I'm not going to use it because it was a fair a few few swear words in there. Yes, but it was, you know, he would know, love
0: to be able to pick up a paper and see the front page. Effectively, yeah. yeah.
1: And um, and it's, you know, and for the right reasons.
0: Yeah, absolutely, all for the right reasons. <clears throat> and I think you know, this generation, no matter what we call them, um, you know, go, not the golden generation, but the slightly tarnished generation or the bronze generation. Who cares? They have shown what you can do if you believe. Um, Arnold has has really made a mockery of his detractors and there's been plenty. Oh, no, I've got one in my family um, okay. <laughs> who, who reckoned we were going to get done by Denmark 3-0 at that age, Well, um, But, you know, look, it's, it's a team of overachievers. There's only one team in the competition that can beat Argentina right now. And that's Australia. Mm. We're there. We're the only ones that you know have to do it. And do I think it's mm. possible? Yeah, I do. Of I dare, it's I dare, to be, I dare to believe. Absolutely. It's, and, it's not
1: like any other sport. You, you know, you did football. You've got, you've always, you've, there's always a chance. Yeah, always a chance. I don't think it'll be a big score. I mean, if Australia's going to win, it's either going to yeah. be i my look. It might better be one nil, or we went it'll be nil nil on the penalties.
0: And if we get pumped, we get pumped. And you go, who cares? We were there. Mm. You know, this is this is a team that from day one, the moment that draw was picked, everyone went, oh, we're going home early. Yeah. To be fair, FA probably even booked the flights <laughs> for today. <laughs> Never thought they were going to be staying another couple of days. No,
1: yeah, yeah, I can see that. I think uh, there wasn't. There was a team that was it. The wasn't there a team that happened to where yeah. they uh, in the last World Cup? Oh, who was it? Where they uh, they had the flights booked and they had to rearrange them because they got a result in the
0: last game and they put yeah. them through to the next. I can't remember. Who it no, was. look, uh, and it's it's just one of those things. It's it's a very Australian um, way of doing things, you know. Um, we're not supposed to be here and we don't care and we carry that through anything is possible anything
1: and hopefully and hopefully it will be yeah well we'll know this time tomorrow
0: lots of lots of good games coming up though um, Holland versus USA
1: yeah it's interesting it's, it's, it's interesting it's going to be sort of a one half of the draw seems to be it's going to be a mixture of I would say non-European teams and it's looking on the other half of the draw it's all going to be European teams yeah, it's going to kind of be. It looks like it, the way it, it's if, if it goes to how everyone expects, it it looks like to me it's going to be an Argentine and Brazilian semis, I think. Mm-hmm. And then it's yeah, and then obviously, um, well, I'd say, yeah, if you if you if you'd say on form, you'd, you'd say either England or France versus um, yeah, who's in the oh, France, France Poland, yeah,
0: very very European draw. Then on Monday you've got England versus Senegal. And Japan versus Croatia, which you know, look, I'd, I'd have a sneaky, I'd have a sneaky buck or two on the on the old, Croatian older team, you know,
1: and I think with the older teams, the further it goes, sometimes that's not the, it's not the, you know, the best thing for them. I mean, you know, Modric is playing, yeah. playing pretty much every game, every minute, effectively, and um, and that Japanese team, they're fit, they're hardworking.
0: Brazil versus South Korea. Ah, oh, look, not the quality of Brazil, but the work rate of the, of the South Koreans. Who knows? Yeah, exactly. Look, you don't, you don't know. Um, and, and Morocco versus Spain. I think Morocco, um, very um, underestimated as a as a team. Um, they're a lot better than yeah. people think. They are much, much more resilient. And I think... Spain aren't the Spain of the old. Oh, others. no. They, they, I, I they, think, they, they look it. I think Morocco could roll Spain. Um, and then you've got Portugal versus Switzerland. It is
1: all side, though. But you, But historically, when you look back... Very few of the underdogs make it through these next stages. I know.
0: Historically. But as I said, the games is evening out. Well, fingers crossed, eh?
1: And a couple of do actually make it so. We'll see. All right.
0: We're going to go to a break and we'll be back after this with Tony Sage. Join us again next week at the same time for the World Football Programme on Radio Fremantle, 107.9 FM. Oh, those gremlins are really hit me today. Um so we'll just try and get Tony on the phone. But um whilst we are, um, do you want to just talk about the uh upcoming glory game? Next week. So next week. Yeah. I've lost see it's, this is the thing. I've lost track of uh, absolutely
1: everything but since the World Cup's been going on. I don't I can barely uh, sort of figure out what week we're in. Um so it's next week. Yes. So the late leagues back on that you know, straight back on. Um so how do you think they're going to go?
0: Oh, home game, first game in a while. I think um, they should go okay. So we'll, we'll see. I'll
1: be interested With, like I said, it's, it's going to be... Uh, I, I really think this, this little venue, I think, is going
0: to... Oh, look, ye- before, there'll, be a, there'll be a bit of noise. The BJ venue should be okay. Let's try this again. Not working for me. Okay. No, I think the BJ venue is the way... Hmm. Absolutely, You're yeah. listening to the
2: World
4: Football Programme with of, you on know, Radio this, Fremantle. Uh, we are I proud to is, be what? the longest-running football 000. show on radio in Australia. You know, so capacity, uh, Join myself, Penny Tanahoe, Pete Skeller, you know, uh, Sean the Kelly and, and Hugh, Hugh Best get that noise every going. Saturday morning yeah, okay. in, in the 10am to
1: noon space. You will hear football conversations with a range of guests and gurus. The show lands as a podcast on our website and you can subscribe so
4: you don't miss an episode. Thanks for listening in to the World Football
1: Programme going you know it's a, you, you do you do get that uh that response from the team so it'd be nice uh just before christmas to get a to get a result and sort of get glory sort of um sort of back on the horse um
0: i'm really looking forward to having a first game back home and the man that's making it all possible joins us now on the radio tony sage good morning how are you
5: Oh, very well, thank you. I've been uh, up, uh, I've seen probably 15 games uh, during the World Cup, so I'm a bit sleepy at the moment. And I want to go to bed early tonight so I can wake up and uh, uh, watch the Aussies do the right thing.
0: Yeah, well, look, you've got Tony and I both in the studio here and and both of us have got sunken eyes and everything else, Um, you know, to, to use the old English thing, we look like holes in snow. But um, <laughs> having said that, it's been a great tournament, and uh, you know, look, we're we're all loving what Australia have done.
5: Yeah, look, um, absolutely amazing with eight A League players in the squad, which is fantastic for the A League. Um, that, that, that's uh, really, really uh, going to give us a boost, I think. I mean, uh, it might not happen this year or next year. You know what happens with these things? It takes a bit of time. But all the kids Uh, are absolutely excited about football at the moment. and Look, I I cannot remember, when we made the grand final maybe three years ago, uh, that football's been on the front page and the back page, so it's uh, fantastic for our sport.
0: And fantastic for the A-League because, you know, often much maligned, but when you look at the as you said, eight players from, from the A league in that lineup. We're, we're going up against players who play in some of the top leagues in Europe and the little old A league is really representing. So I think the people who say oh, it's not the quality of the EPL or whatever, um, you know, they're missing the point. This is, this is the pinnacle of Australian football and we should be really pushing that. And I think with the, this World Cup and the Women's World Cup next year, we've got to keep football on the front page
5: absolutely uh, correct so it's going to be exciting um, uh, tonight especially I mean look even if we, we lose tonight we've, we've proved a point uh, as you say they the A-League players look a champion um, uh, team uh, can always be champion players
0: oh yeah look I think it shows a great thing about the Australian spirit, the Australian ability of fight and you know a team that's willing to, to stand together you look at the, the players um, we're talking about Aaron Moy who's which is coming out of injury, Heuristic, who's not played in a while, Harry Sutar, who, again, yeah. is in a similar boat. These are guys who shouldn't be doing what they're doing, but you know what? They don't care.
5: Yeah, and look, the World Cup's a leveller, right? Three top ten teams, top ranking, now: Denmark, Belgium, and Germany, right? They're out. Now, and it uh, seems like Japan, us, and USA are in. So it, it is going to be fantastic. And you know, I think there will be an upset, whether it's our game or whether it's the Brazil game. There will be an upset uh, uh, coming along. And look, I, don't, I, don't, I think England are going to be... Uh, I was born in England, so they're, they're my second team. But I think they're in a little bit of trouble because the Africans uh, have really got some flair about them. So no team is safe uh, in this World Cup. And Saudi Arabia proved that the very second game.
0: Yeah, well, look. The thing is, with it, being an England supporter and you know, England are my second team as well. Um, you know, we're we're always good until the semis, and then it goes to penalties, and then that's it. We're out. <laughs> so, you know, I'm used to it.
5: Yeah, look, the, the thing I worry about England. I mean, they've had uh, two good halves. Uh, you know, they won that six-two, and they got uh, Wales three. But they had three halves where they didn't score at all. All right. So yeah. that's a bit of a worry that they can't uh, do it when they. You know, that, that, I think they need an early goal to get confidence um, and then they'll go really well. But if they get an early goal against them, I'm, I'm, it's going to be a bit of a worry.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think it will be. No, look, it's been a great tournament so far and I'm looking forward to the rest of it. But what I am looking forward to more is the, the glory game next week. It's been a while since we've had a home game.
5: Yeah, look, it's been a long, long time. Uh, the boys are really looking uh, uh, looking forward to it. Um, obviously not the facilities they're looking forward to with the change rooms and that. But uh, no, the, the ground looked pretty good last week. We, we, uh, the, it was a bit patchy in some places where they relayed uh, some of the, the, the grass. But uh, I think it's knitted together quite well now and uh, they're looking forward to it. It's uh, going to be a very good atmosphere. You can imagine uh, the capacity is going to be 4,000. There's going to be 4,000 there, obviously. So, uh, yeah, they're looking forward to to playing in front of their home crowd and uh, in a compact stadium like that. And I think the government's done a pretty good job so far. Uh, I haven't seen the final configuration yet because at the women's game, it was a day game, so all the uh, lights and everything weren't up. So I haven't seen it uh, ready for action yet.
0: No, look, it it looked pretty good on on the TV, other than the fact that it was two lots of silhouettes playing each other. But that won't be a problem with the night games that the men are having. Um, yeah, correct. Yeah, so look pre-sales been going alright. I think the premium seating's all gone.
5: Yeah, yeah, all the premium seating's gone. Uh look, I think it will all go. Look, the go- the, the the only problem we've got is the government uh, obviously doesn't want 6000 people to turn up uh and 2000 people wandering around the suburbs of Balcatta with no- nowhere else to go. So they're trying to make it all ticketed event. Uh no. we're trying to talk them out of it because there'd be some people that uh like just to rock up and pay at the gate. But, yeah, so that's going to be a little bit of an issue. So we really want everyone to buy their tickets now because uh, probably by uh, next uh, Thursday or Friday there won't be any tickets sold at the gate uh, because they want to avoid that problem. Um, it was a good test last week. I think we had about 1,400 people. Uh, the car parking went well. Uh, getting in was a little bit of a struggle, but they're having extra lanes. Uh, for the men's game so yeah look uh, uh, other than uh, logistics uh, on on the outside uh, the players are raring to go on the inside.
0: Yeah look it's been an interesting journey because obviously the um, whether it was the government or venues west you found yourself I mean after two years of COVID or three years of COVID in another precarious position. Um, as the primary tenant you and, and rugby for um, HBF how does it you know Feel to be dumped in that position. It must be pretty awful, and then and then you, you kind of get blamed for it because you don't have your own ground.
5: Yeah, look, um, that's uh, that's people Look, no no team in the A League um, has their own ground, so everyone is in the boat. Sydney, remember, played at Allianz, and now they had three years where they had to play at four or five different grounds uh, around Sydney. But the the advantage of Sydney, they've got rugby league teams, right? And rugby league teams is rectangle. Yeah. Our problem was uh, the ovals, and look, we really fought hard against venues West, and they listened to us at the end not to play out at up, uh, because you know they didn't want to put a stand on the on the grass, uh, which would affect the season for the uh, uh, the waffle team. So we were going to have a stand, and then um, you know people were just wandering around the, and, and being so far from the from the action. So yeah. we we were quite happy that they uh, ended up uh, agreeing to going to uh, to Macedonia, but uh, yeah, look, it is awful. Uh, it, it's awful. Uh, financially, it's ruinous if the government doesn't come up with the compensation package. So, um, yeah, so we're down four point seven million dollars in revenue.
0: Wow, that's that's a huge number. Um, and then, obviously, with the, the years that we've had with the COVID and the revenue being down, it's a, it's a massive thing. It's impacted on your memberships. Um, so, yeah, you know, look, appreciate where you're at, but it's, you know, what's the future going forward? Will, will HBF treat you like the primary tenant or not? Well, we're
5: hoping so. Look, this um, uh, episode, if you call it that, um, has really sharpened the focus with the ministerial level. I mean, in the end, the ministers, uh, all the sports ministers I had to deal with, and it's about six in my pro- time, um, they really don't want to get involved at the venue's west level, but they've actually seen now what uh, effects it does have on not only us but rugby union as well. Um, and, um, yeah, I think they've got a better understanding that the major tenants like us and the Western Sports have to be looked after a lot better and not put in, for example, concerts during our seasons. I mean, there's plenty of weeks, there's about 20 weeks we can choose to have a concert, which doesn't affect uh, Glory or the Force. Um, so, yeah, so things like that, it's come into sharp focus now for the Minister, and uh, hopefully, going forward, we'll be treated like a major tenant and get some good uh, uh, good concessions.
1: Well, I think we need definitely that government support side of it, because we never really have had it in in our game, and it's, it's kind of ironic that we're sort of... One of the reasons why we're playing way is is to build this build a stadium for the women's World Cup yeah and at the same but by doing this we're putting at risk our only professional
0: I know team but when but you look at it I mean I've, I've worked on projects where we've we've had to keep a facility that runs 365 days of the year um, running whilst we've built in and around it and I think when you look at the the Tonkin highway they managed to, to do all of those works with the Tonkin Highway still running in a limited of way i don't see why they couldn't have scheduled the works in such a way that the games could have continued but that's just my personal opinion well, we've had
1: that before when we had the stadium sort of yeah. rebuilt with games are still going on with the reduced yeah. capacity yeah. it was still well, going well, on
5: i'll give you an example news west are planning after the world cup to redo the pitch for four after four games they want to redo the pitch and they want to do that in november which yeah. again will affect our season next season so we brought that to the attention of the minister, and hopefully they're bringing that forward to say September, so it doesn't affect us. But after four World Cup, women's World Cup games, so how's that going to be chopped up? I can't, I don't get it. So, no, it's not. Yeah. So it re- this this has really brought it into focus that they've got to really look after the two tenants that anchor
0: that stadium. Yeah. Look, in, in a way, though, it's it's a shame that you and Twiggy can't get your heads together and you know have a, a parcel of land. From the government, where you could build something like Parramatta and Western Sydney have done, you know, um, you could then house your headquarters there, all your training facilities, and then with with both codes playing out of a venue like that, it would be used all year round because you, your your NPL side to be able to use it, etc. Yeah,
5: look, uh, we we, we uh, have been in conversations with various councils about having a a, a home, not a home of football at Queens Park, which. In the end, um, you know, we were heavily um, involved in us being there. Then all of a sudden we get kicked out after they got the money. So it's not a very favourable position for us to be in. But that could have been done a lot better. If we were there, we would have built a 10,000-seat stadium, for example, yeah. uh, instead of a two or three uh, that they're going to have there now. But, yeah, look, there's lots of things that have been discussed with councils around, uh, around Perth that want uh per Perth glory and the western Force best but yeah watch this space. it might take a few more uh years to put into fruition, but yeah I'd, I'd say within five years we'll have something
0: yeah, look, it'd be fantastic to have a you know everything consolidated on one site you've got a a really good team behind you, I know because i I deal with um your media people all the time, but also your, your membership team have been fantastic help to myself and my wife in getting seating sorted for her because she's got some needs. Um, so you're yeah, a really professional outfit, but quite disjointed in some ways. You're playing in one venue and then you know, yeah, playing in another venue and then the NPL side's playing elsewhere. It's just kind of crazy yeah. in some ways.
5: Well, we're the only sporting team uh, that had uh, has had no government support in having a home.
0: The yeah. only one.
5: The Eagles have got theirs. The Dockers have got theirs. The Wildcats got theirs. The Force had theirs. Um, so And the netball, obviously, about $30 million there. They've got theirs. Now this new hockey place, yeah. it's going to be $100 million. And I, and uh, I think, and uh, the, the baseball, uh, per Peak, yeah. got uh, $3 million out there. So, yeah, we're the only one. But what they're saying always is, oh, we're spending all that money at Queen's Park. But that doesn't help us whatsoever.
0: No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. Now, um, on a personal, uh, thing, how's it, how's the toll on you? Cause I know, look, October 2021, you were on the verge of, of quitting. It's, 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 it's no fun, is it? When you're running, running a club, um, and you're a fan, you, you get caught between the business and, and the passion. Um, and it must emotionally must have a, a big impact on you.
5: Oh look, it's uh, there's lots of lots of um, ups and downs. But in the last three years, it's been down, down, down. And look, what what, what I don't understand is if you're a diehard supporter, you you, you know, we, we, no, everyone should understand what we've had to put up with and what the players have had to put up with is is diabolical. I mean, one of the reasons Bonnarolee wanted to leave, I mean, uh, it's not been reported. is He just couldn't hack the travel anymore. You know, he's thirty six years old, getting on a plane five hours. People don't understand the toll that it puts on your body and he's a typical example of that and that's one of the main reasons he wanted to go back to victoria yeah. is because of the, the constant travel and you know it was exacerbated over the last two years but yeah look it, it's really hard and what i don't get is the fans attacking me personally um, wanting me to go and I, I just don't think anyone else would have sunk in as much money and yes i am a fan i mean i was a fan before i became an owner of the glory and you know, it, that's the part that gets you down. You, you do so much for the club and, you know, to to, to see people on, on social media mainly. And that's why I called them years ago uh, keyboard warriors, right? Yeah. You know, to my face, they wouldn't say it. And some of these people I know, right? And yeah. to my face, they're all, yeah, yeah, yeah. But oh, when, when they're in front of a keyboard, they just attack, attack, attack.
0: Well, I think we're, we're very lucky to have so many experts in the game and I can't work out why we're in the situation we are with, with so many people who've got the answer at their fingertips.
5: Yeah, correct, yeah, 100%.
0: Yeah, I know, look, I think it's just people forget that you are just a just a man who is fortunate enough to be you know, where you are with the club, um, but you have a life, you have feelings, you have thoughts, you have values that you, you want um and to have them attacked so openly it, it must get very wearing
5: it does and look uh, people forget i've got uh, a wife and children as well and uh you know the, the, the toll it takes on them uh as well especially when they were younger you know earlier on when we didn't have some success and you know getting hassled at school and that because my dad's the owner of it, it so it affects all levels of your family um and, um, you know, if I didn't have their support,
0: I, I suppose I would have given up years ago. Yeah, I oh, look, I'm, I'm the old school. I, I've stood there in the shed singing Glory Till I Die, and I mean it. Um, through thick and thin, I'll be there. Um, and I know there's, there's plenty of people out there that back you, Tony. It's just, you know, we all want the best for the club. And I suppose when you look at where the, it's coming from, it's coming from um, a place of love. They really want the club to be a successful entity. It's just that, you can't you can't buy that sometimes.
5: Yeah, yeah, no, understand.
0: All right, so looking forward to next week. The um, yep. obviously stands are full. Um, concessions are all sorted now. I take it.
5: Yeah, everything's sorted. Um, liking everything is going to be ready. I just hope the fans, like I said, please don't try and wait to get a ticket on the day. Get it now because there'll be a lot of disappointed people. I mean, even during COVID, our average crowd was about five. So yep. this only fits four. So, you know,
0: get your tickets now. Absolutely. And uh, your view from from the ground, you're normally up in the elevated section there in the LD stand. Um, Your your view's all right from from where you are now? Uh, I prefer my spot at HVF, but no,
5: no. I I had a good spot for the the women's game and uh, it'll be all right. But uh, I I leave on the note, everyone should stay up tonight and watch
0: the Aussies. Absolutely, Tony. Look, thank you very much for your time. And uh, I hope to see you at the game. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. See ya. Bye. Tony Sage. Um, obviously, upbeat um, about the, the game next week, and obviously, you know, look. Uh, as much as I feel some of the the sentiments that people have attacked him on, um, he is just a person, and you know.
1: I think yeah. I think that's you could hear you could hear you know the frustration
0: yeah in there a little bit and uh, you know and. The ground, the ground situation wasn't a situation they're making. The ground situation was a, was made by the um, venues, West Government, etc., and not having anything else.
1: Mm. Yeah, and yeah, exactly. I think I look as as I said. It's the, point, the problem is when you're running a football club, is that it's, it's a lot of things that you are out of your control. A lot of things that are in your control, and and. The biggest aspect, you've got a lot of passionate people. And as I think I said we're done with Donna, it's good to hear someone who's passionate, but that joy, joyful passion. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, when it comes to football, it's quite often that's the thing that keeps us going. So when it isn't going well, you know, I mean... Y- you know, it, you, you go back to the World Cup. You look at the uh, the England fans; they all went very, very a little bit quieter when they England uh, beat Wales three 0 Yeah. If it's not going well against Senegal, bang—they're jumping on because it's it's all they've got, and it doesn't mean it's right. What's 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 often said. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately, that's 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 the business you're in. I uh, oh, look. To be fair to him, and it's what been how many years now? 12, 10, 12 years he's been in.
0: Yes. In charge? Yeah. yeah.
1: And he's he's worn it. He's worn a fair bit. Um, and look, he's. I think he he has made some. There's been some bad choices, bad decisions. It polarised his opinion for for sure. Yep. And he, but he gives his opinion. He's not one of those that just sits back. And I've, I've I respect that. The fact of.
0: But you if you listen to the armchair experts, the the biggest mistake he made in this World Cup was bringing Harry Maguire in.
1: Mm.
0: But and, and Harry's been one of the best they've yep. had. So, so
1: it's. But that that's it, and that comes back down to the glory. It, it's sort of you can't you can't please everyone's decision. People are going to be passionate about it. Yeah. Um and and like, you know. well, the other
0: thing is, if you, if you've got the opinion and, and you want to see things happen, then you know you can always do what Tony's done and stump up the the money, buy exactly him out. Right.
1: Like I said <laughs> he, he's going to be. He's, he's he's. I think there's been some bad decisions with Glory. I think there's been some very good decisions. Of course, it has. In yeah. every football team, in every club, there's going to be good and bad. And I think. Sometimes our supporters, you yeah. know, we get we get fired up and then we, 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 we have yeah, to step back. Yeah, but, you know,
0: times. it's a bit like Newcastle, a bit of Saudi blood money and you're happy. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Someone's got to spend it.
0: <laughs> exactly. No, no, look, and I think the, the politics and the game um, need to be separated and there's lots of stuff going on. You know, um, Germans made that, that um, statement by having them photographed with their hands over their mouths and I see yesterday there were Qatari's, um, um, one hand over their mouth and the other one waving. So, <laughs> Yeah, look, I mean, you know, you know, at the end of the day, I think I haven't
1: got a problem with people having their opinions yeah. and, and, and so forth. And I think with this World Cup, I, have, I don't think there's any issue with players saying what they've got to say. No. Um, and I think that's the great – I think this is one of the things that's highlighted, though, is that, you know, people have, have responded back um, by saying, oh, their country, their culture. And it's like, well, if it, if it was England doing atrocities and things like that or going yeah. to war, there was protests there. Mm. So there's protests in the streets when, when, when England and America do things. Yes. So there are protests. There's no protesters in Qatar. So I have no problem where it's like, you know, you should be able to say your opinion.
0: I think the French captain had it right at the start of the tournament. He said he wouldn't be wearing the rainbow armband because you know when, when you're the guest in someone else's mm. country, you need to abide by their customs and their practices. And that's what he will do. He will respect that they have mm. those thoughts. And it's not for him. To make a decision about them,
1: no. But I also think that if Harry wants to wear it, why can't Harry wear it?
0: I okay. I don't disagree.
1: I think I think when it, when you, I think, I think there's, a, there's, a, there's kind of a little bit in between there where yes you are going to someone else's coaching, yes you know you, you should take that into consideration, but if you're going to invite the world to come to you, then you also have to respect other people's opinions as well. If you're going to hold yeah. the World Cup, if you're not going to hold the World Cup, that I fine. suppose
0: when you look at it from from that perspective. The, the fact that that is part of the, of the narrative is now making it more of a an awareness. That's true, yeah. You know, so that in itself is part of the conversation because mm. they've obviously not had any criticism from within about the way they are. Mm. But obviously now the rest of the world, and, and you know, you want to be a, a world power or respected within the world, you, you need to take the, you need other to, people's yeah. opinions on. Ex- exactly right. But, you know, we're... People who complain now about the World Cup being where it is, no one's complained when they, they got on the Qatar Airlines in the last 20 years. Well,
1: yeah, there's that, there's that side of it as yeah. well. Um, All right. And-
0: Tony, thank you very much for your thoughts and opinions. today. been a great contributor. Um, I don't know what happened to Ben, but, you know, uh, we've managed to cover the gaps. So well done. Um, Penny will be back, I think, Penny or Hugh next week. Um, this has been the World Football Programme. Thank you for listening. Join us again next week at the same time for the World Football Program on Radio Fremantle, 107.9 FM.